Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bat film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's Mo Pawn. Yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's Doug Tilly. Number one super guy. Mo, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you right off the top of the show, but I do want to mention that I think that tonight's episode is a very special episode. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it, we, we get together on a regular basis. We have a little bit of fun. People listen to us. They have a little bit of fun. They go home to their lives. They think about us on a regular basis. Sometimes they touch themselves while they're thinking about us. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, we're really combining all of our loves into one kind of central ball that we're going to present to the world. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a very... Uh, uh, special doesn't even really do it justice. What's the film that we're going to be talking about today, Mo? Uh, well, we knew that eventually we were going to get to uh, to work on the films of Bill Zebub. Bill Zebub. Famous... Bill Zebub. Famous, famous... Sorry. <laughs> famous might be a little overstating things, but certainly very well known in the no-budget field, very prolific director, uh, Bill Zebub. And today, we are going to cover Ant Farm Dickhole. His 2011 film, so very recent, probably, the, I guess, the most recent film that we would have covered in this podcast, uh, Bill Zabub's Ant Farm Dickhole. Uh, now, Bill Zabub, we have discussed uh, briefly one of his other films in, in past episodes. That would be Jesus Christ Serial Rapist, a film that we haven't covered yet and might not ever. Uh, but it's, I think, knowing that this movie is titled this and that movie is titled that, it gives you a bit of an indication that uh, this is a person who doesn't mind uh, naming his films in sort of... um I, I, I think of him as the anal cunt uh, equivalent in the no-budget world because sure. his titles are, are meant to kind of provoke the audience a little bit. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, that said, his movies, the ones of, of his that I've seen, are... are they're goofy. I mean, they're 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 silly. They're not meant to be taken too literally or too seriously. Uh, so, in other words, he's exactly the anal cunt of that, of low budget filmmaking. Uh, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, now, th- this movie in particular, uh, we're going to get into it. We're gonna we're gonna tell you all about it. Uh, but I will say that no matter what we say about it, it lives up to its title because uh, this movie is about a person who has an ant farm in their dickhole. It's true. And actually, there's there's a moment later in the film where the main character questions if there are other people with ant farms in their dick holes uh, and and wants to set out on a quest to find the other ones. Yes, that's right. That conversation does happen in this movie, Mo. It actually does happen. (laughs) Uh, uh, The the tone that this movie hits is very... It's kind of all over the place, but it really never does take itself uh, very seriously as as it shouldn't. But it's also important to note that uh, the effects and even the acting uh, 
even you can tell that nobody is really taking things too seriously. So nobody's it, taking things seriously enough that you know that anything of real quality ever really comes out of it. I think that might be the problem that I ran yeah. into with this film, uh, and Me as too. will become clear as we talk about it. And we have a lot of quotes lined up, uh, so there are a lot of sound bites that you'll be able to hear, and, and you'll see that that sometimes it seems like it's on the periphery of becoming something really special, uh, something where where you can watch it and be like either your jaw drops because of what you're seeing which this movie does have moments like that mm. uh, but the fact is w- those moments are always sort of balanced out by uh, by this kind of constant winking about the idea it's like look how shitty this looks so you know we know what's going on here when really yeah. just a little bit more effort into something like that would have been like you know uh, no one expects a giant spider say uh, to look absolutely real in a no budget production but <laughs> The one in this movie, which we will talk about, does. Ugh. I mean, it's it's nothing. It looks like the spider that my Skeletor action figure used to ride around in, in the Masters of the Universe figures from the 1980s. It's one step above a pinata. Yes, one step above a pinata. That would describe the the cast of. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly I was going to say. That's the cast <laughs> uh, of Ant Farm Dickhole 2011's Ant Farm Dickhole. Uh, again, uh, written and directed and edited and uh, starring, uh, I would say he, he's actually at least the star or co-star Bill Zabub, um, playing the character of, and this is important to note as well, most of the main characters, if not all of them, their names have the word Ant in them. So Bill Zabub mm-hmm. uh, plays a character named Antony, uh, while the co-star, the uh, main character, whose dick gets an ant, oh, an ant farm in it... <laughs> That would be Aunt Drew. So um, come on, man. We're only like six minutes into this episode. It's like we're already. I'm on fumes here, man. This like, is yeah, not... we're already like, oh fuck this fucking movie. <laughs> one thing I've already said. One thing. Another thing to keep in mind is that if you hate puns, particularly if you dislike ant-related puns, you are not going to enjoy this movie because they are constant and they are terrible. There are, th- yeah, there's a couple, actually, to be honest with you, there's a couple of really funny puns in this movie. Huh? But they get, but they get so buried in all of the really bad ones because they, because they go out of their way to make ant puns literally in every scene. Like, I don't think there's a scene in this movie that doesn't have an ant pun in it. Um, in fact, you will see from, from a lot of the clips that, that we're going to be playing tonight that, um, that most of the film is just it's ant pun after ant pun after ant pun. So when something, so when a good pun comes around, uh, it, it just it just you forget about it. You don't even think about it because you're you're so worried and you're you're like your fists are clenched and you're waiting to punch the wall when the next fucking ant pun comes around. Uh, to anyone listening who does go out to pick up a copy of Ant Farm Dickhole, please do not punch the wall while watching it. I don't think anyone really. I don't think this film necessitates that. Uh, however, it does kind of create a level of frustration in the viewer that could uh, force you to have to release it in some sort of. I. I came very close. Let's just put it that way. I'm not a very violent man, but I did come in incredibly close to uh, to murdering a small animal in my backyard. Okay. At about at about the 30 minute mark. Well, let's hope that small animal you're referring to is an ant, because <laughs> <laughs> transitioning back into the movie we're talking about, Ant Farm Dickhole. Uh, it starts, and we're just going to jump into it, Mo. I don't care if you're ready or not. Let's do it. Let's do it. The opening uh, credits uh, actually has some footage of ants, which is appropriate. 
Uh, it also has footage of chipmunks and birds, which is slightly less appropriate. Um, or but, not appropriate. But this movie, a 2011 movie, is very concerned with nature. This is a movie that both celebrates and uh, examines the fear we should have of nature in uh, a way that probably doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, because we should be in awe of nature and not necessarily worrying about whether or not said nature is going to climb into our penis hole. That's and it. take it's up, not and take we up be residence. Entirely unaware of. True. Now, <laughs> I don't know about the reality around the concept of this film. Whether this is something that is possible. Uh, they do have some scientists in the film itself who discuss it, but those scientists are actually just women in bikinis. <laughs> And maybe not actual scientists, uh, but... I don't know, man. They seem pretty legit to me. But we all know about those kind of little fish that are able to uh, to swim up your urethra in like mm. swamps and things. So the idea of an ant crawling within a person's penis and then, uh, and, and then creating sort of an ant farm, I, I mean, it's not so far-fetched, especially for like a horror film. Sure. This isn't a horror film, by the way. No. I mean, horrific things happen, but there's no suspense because of the jokey tone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's two main characters. The first is Bill Zabub, that's Anthony, and then there's uh, the other guy, <laughs> who is Ant Drew. Um, and Ant Drew is very much a pessimist. Uh, he's down on his luck a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of confidence in himself, which they repeat over and over again. While, um, well, they have to set the movie up somehow. Exactly, and Anthony. I'm going to get sick of calling him that. Just just, just call him Tony and Drew. That's that's much better. And yeah. Tony is a hairy uh optimist. I guess he reminds You know you know what I you know what I said he he uh, I I felt that he reminded me a lot of um Do you remember uh Il Duce from The Mentors? Of course. He 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 reminds me like physically a lot like Il Duce except with long hair. <laughs> okay, I mean that, that's not a, necessarily that's a, a compliment, but I mean, but that is what he looks like to me. Yeah, I mean he's a hairy dude. He he speaks in, and this is something we're really going to be talking about, which is that uh, he speaks in a way that sometimes he says things that are amusing and seem to be well thought out, and other times he seems to be speaking complete bullshit. But where the line draws between those two things, it, it just goes back and forth. Sometimes yeah. he'll say something that's so stupid, you're wondering why it's in the movie, and then you remember, hey, it's the director, so he gets to choose what's in the movie. <laughs> and it's not stupid in a way it's like, ho, ho, look how stupid I'm being. It's stupid as in, I think I'm the funniest guy in the world, and I'm not. Yeah. So the movie starts off with basically the two main characters kind of sitting on a log in the middle of the woods, which like 90% of this movie takes place in the middle of the woods for some reason. Nature. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's where ants live when they're not living in dick holes. Uh, I guess. I mean, it makes sense to start the movie there. I mean, I just just don't get why it keeps going back to the woods. But... um, but basically, so it starts off with this with this pretty ridiculous conversation between uh, Tony and Drew about how Drew is all stressed out and uh, and and ba- well, basically here I have the entire conversation. Let's hear the conversation just, because Drew is having some it. issues. All right, so here's how it starts. It's hard to be positive when I'm so stressed out. Stress has made me suffer from premature ejaculation. Poor bastard. <laughs> all right, so and then and then Tony responds with this. 
I suffer from premature ejaculation Wait, that's while not right. masturbating. <laughs> yes, that's more information about what's going on. Yeah, that. that's just he more information just about from it. Premature ejaculation. He suffers from it while he's masturbating. While but masturbating, not when he's actually having sex. Yeah, and then here's Tony's response to that. Man, I wish I had marked these better. <laughs> this is going to be rough. <laughs> so, why are you complaining? You probably save a lot of time. I don't have all day to jerk off. So Tony doesn't have all day to jerk off, and then uh, and then Drew responds <laughs> with this gem. Jerking off is about the ride, not the destination. <laughs> so any, the listeners at this point are getting a strong sense of the kind of quality of dialogue that you're going to have in this movie. Uh, it's, it's Some of it's funny, uh, and, and that's really kind of actually, I found that kind of amusing. Um, yeah, I mean, it opens on, on a pretty strong foot. It's very important to remember that these are grown men who are starring <laughs> in this film. These are not, they're not people in their early 20s even. These are people who are... And, and that is something that it's kind of hard to grasp because not only is the movie very random in a lot of ways, it treats its characters as if they were still like 21 or 17 even. Uh, and it's incredibly juvenile. There's a lot. I mean, I would say that there are moments in this film where the characters are, are even more reminiscent of like a preteen. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, in fact, the very next thing that's going to happen here is that we discover that one of the reasons that Drew is so stressed out is that he he's being bullied. Uh, he, yeah. He's being bullied by more grown men uh, who are very threatening in a kind of weird way. Um, and one of the next things that occurs is that they're both sort of held up by, by a bully. They're, they're robbed. This, this kind of hilarious Russian guy um, who basically, you know, obviously, yeah, he's, he's mugged by him and he asks him for their money and they say, well, I don't have any money. So, of course, he, the immediate response would be what any normal adult male would do and that is to give uh, to give somebody a wedgie. Right. Which produces this noise. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, th- that, uh, that doesn't happen yet. That's not the wedgie doesn't happen yet, because that happens no. when he's running a little bit later uh, when, on his way to the hospital. I'm sorry, to the police station he gets wedgied. No, 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 that's the second wedgie. Is that the se- Oh, really? There's a second? But yeah. obviously I wasn't paying enough te- attention to Ant Farm Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Russian, the Russian dude. So this redneck, who's also a Russian-looking uh, yeah. guy, he, he says, give me some money so I can go to the bar. Um, and yeah, he's like, I only have enough for one beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and Tony doesn't have any money. Uh, Drew gets gets uh, accosted and his money stolen. I, would, I actually really love that uh, afterwards Tony says, you got embarrassed. <laughs> Adding insult to injury. Um, and it seems like after the, the robbery occurs um, that uh, Tony's outlook on life gets a little bit uh, more pessimistic. He can't really enjoy things anymore. And so he says this. You're right. There's no way we can enjoy the sanctuary of the woods after that happened to my cupcake. Oh, we totally forgot to explain that that we, the Russian we guy... We suck at describing movies, Mo. We're really <laughs> shitty at this tonight. Man, we, we, it's almost like we're out of practice, but we're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Russian guy who doesn't have a name. Like, he, he in the credits, he's described as bully number whatever. Even though he's, I'm assuming, he's obviously the central bully in this case. Yeah, I would assume he's bully number one. Mm. But, you know, who knows? But, um... So yeah, so he so he searches uh, both of them for for their money. Obviously, in the process, wedging uh, Drew and then finding a uh, cupcake on um, on Tony, and 
stomping it. Yeah, Tony carries and, a cupcake around, uh, and that's why he's so upset <laughs> about what happened to his cupcake afterwards. So that's why he says um, this. However, the actual plot, because you might be wondering where the ant farm aspect comes in, it'll happen in just a moment. The they're talking afterwards. Uh, he, he mentions Tony mentions that he actually keeps his money in his sock, but he says it a little too loud. The bully comes back and he beats the shit out of them, um, and they are knocked onto the ground. And mm-hmm. what happens when you're on the ground in the woods? You get ants in your pants. You get ants in your pants, and you don't want to dance. You want to lay down and have them crawl in your private dick parts. Hole. Yes, your dickhole. That's actually a much better word to use in this case. <laughs> uh, we do see our first look at the ants that are going to be the regular ants uh, in the movie, and they are made of plastic or rubber. And They're they really fucking move. awful. Yeah, there's no articulation to them whatsoever. I mean, not that I'm expecting like an RC ant or anything like that, but I mean... Fuck! It's just like it's just like a dollar toy at at a you know. It's Again, really bad. I'm sure if Bill Zabub was listening to us right now, he would say that's the joke. And yes, that's the joke. But you know, we're going to see them throughout the entire movie, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you know, it's it's it looks cheap and it looks kind of it, it's like you can only laugh at it once, right? Exactly. I mean, and 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 in this particular case, the entire premise for the film is based around these ants. I'm not. And I'm not as bothered by the the fake ants. To be totally honest with you, I, I mean, it's it's. What are you going to well, do? Well, I'm like a lot more bothered by the have fake RC ones. Maybe you could put a few real ants on them. That wouldn't be such sure. a bad idea, actually. Well, I mean, there 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 are definitely other fake things in the film that I'm a little more disturbed by. We'll, we'll get to that momentarily. We'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> uh, w- one of the neat things is that the uh, Russian bully stole their shoes, so they uh, when they wake up and, and regain consciousness, they have to walk back. And he didn't just steal their shoes; he stole Tony's he stole, car. As <laughs> he well. stole his car, uh, which of course prompts this gem of a joke. I'm gonna groan now. Ugh. We shouldn't even call this a park. We should call it this a stolen. What? Can you play that again, Mo? We shouldn't even call this a park. We should call it this a stolen. We shouldn't even call this a park. We should call this a stolen. Is everyone listening? We shouldn't even call this a park. <laughs> we should call it this a stolen. The, you know what's terrible, Mo? I know that that line, because of how fucking horrible it is, there yeah. is someone listening to this who's going to be like, Oh, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I guess is the point. It's kind of this one, that line, because it's it's sort of brilliant in its fucking ridiculousness, yeah. um, but it's also uh, sort of incredibly dumb in its unwatchability. <laughs> it's too bad of a joke to be at the five minute mark in the film, <laughs> and, and that scene as well. Because we quickly, and some of the the scene transitions in this are really fucked up. It's hard to tell what the hell is going on or if yeah. you're supposed to be taking what's happening to actually be happening. That's especially mm. true a little bit later where they cut in what's supposed to be news footage where all <laughs> the all the reporters are just women in bikinis. In, bikinis. in the woods. In the woods. <clears throat> um, but what happens next is we get to meet Tony's girlfriend. Now, Tony... Uh, we should mention he he's kind of a gawky he wear guy he wears glasses uh he he's sort of he's not a great actor andrew and he uh, sorry were you saying something about yeah andrew not tony no you're right andrew sorry a- aunt drew 
Uh, yeah, Andrew. <laughs> sorry, Andrew, our main character. He he's he's kind of gawky looking. He's kind of uh, he kind of has a weird speech impediment. And he has really thick glasses. And he has really thick glasses. And that's fine. It's part of his his kind of character arc is that he's going to be trying to find confidence, uh, even though it doesn't come naturally in this case. However, <laughs> however, he he also is just. Entirely unappealing. Mm. <laughs> so we get to meet his girlfriend now, and she is attractive, and she is naked almost immediately because that's what this movie has more than anything else of, and that is uh, naked uh, women. Yeah, I mean, if you got to give if you got to give Bills above credit for anything, it's that he does have a plethora of naked women in this film. And, and we're talking fully naked. And, and when we say fully naked, we're not just talking about top and bottom. We're talking no. about it gets explicit in we're a way We're talking top and bottom and close-ups. Yeah. It's really, like, it's an anatomy lesson. Yeah. I, I mean, I learned a lot from it. To be honest, I didn't realize there were some parts there that were there. <laughs> Doug discovered what an asshole was. Yes. No, I no Mo, ever since I met you, I knew who that was. Wah, wah. <laughs> Shit, I walked into that one. Uh, so she's so she's so basically the you know her scene opens she's already topless and she's stripping mm-hmm. you know her you know I guess the rest of her clothes but she's she's stripping to the weirdest like there's a lot of weird musical choices in yes. this film and uh, and and I've definitely grabbed a couple of those to uh, to, to show off and this one I want to play because this is this is what she's stripping to and it's not exactly sexy. <laughs> I mean <laughs> It depends on the kind of person you are And the kind of things that you like I mean that's sexy I'm sure for a certain portion of our audience There's, You know what I, I'm Sure maybe You know I mean I, I just can't I can't see it myself You know I don't There's nothing about like some guy going <laughs> that I particularly find attractive. Well, but di- different strokes for different folks, Mo. I guess so. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> it, when I said it gets kind of explicit, she has a piercing that you you see visibly that you don't usually see in movies. Yeah. Um, and and you know, again, uh, kudos to Bilzebub for not only being able to get women to strip in his movie, but for have them look like they want to be there um, and want to be doing what they're doing. She. Is stripping for her boyfriend, who is uh, Andrew, and mm-hmm. he whips his uh, dick out. Speaking of disturbing, now what, the first thing you'll notice when he takes his dick out is that his dick is not a dick, <laughs> and it's also it's supposed to be a dick. It's supposed to be his dick, but it doesn't look like a dick. It looks like a weird, molded, not quite a dick-shaped piece of plastic. Yeah, it doesn't even. I mean, like it doesn't even look like it doesn't even look like a dildo. No. It doesn't. It's got a really big hole at the end of it. That would be the dick hole. But yeah. uh, but that's not like any dick hole I've ever seen, and I've seen quite a few. I was going to say, they don't call me Mo Porn for nothing. Right, and they don't call me Dick Hole Doug for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this it doesn't look like a dick at all. I guess this was a design choice, because it's actually not hard to find a fake dick if you need one. Uh, yeah. And I've seen some great ones. <laughs> but uh, but so in this case, it's important to remember that for the rest of the movie, we're going to see this dick a lot. It doesn't look like a dick. It looks like it does, doesn't even have the color of skin for one thing. Um, but it's it, really it do- odd. Yeah, it's really odd. So uh, she will simulate fellatio on this fake penis. 
Yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird choice to have, you know, to, to not really show, you know, to, to not really show it at the beginning of the film because they show it <laughs> kind of several more times, you know, like, like of them actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, like later in the film. There's some really weird sex stuff in this movie, but... Um, uh, so the important I'm, thing to get out of this scene is that ants crawl out of his dick hole. Yeah, but they don't even show that though. It basically, like with it, with this particular fellatio right. scene, um, she, she just kind of backs away and pulls an ant out of her mouth. Right, and then uh, it starts. She starts to scream. More ants just appear on her body, uh, and she starts bleeding sort of from all over. Which, from uh, I guess we're supposed to expect that they're from ant bites or whatever. Um, sure. He uh, Andrew wakes up and uh, not wakes up. Sorry, opens his eyes and he's upset and does he smash his phone for some reason um no 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 uh i mean at first off he does wake up he fell asleep during okay. the bj yeah um and yeah and he starts questioning reality uh and we ha- and we have that of course because we have everything oh did i imagine all that is that real yeah yeah great job drew my girlfriend uh, really just vomited th- i think though that uh, he, he actually attacker? wakes up in the process of her getting uh, eaten by the ants because by yeah. the time he says that line, she's just a skeleton on the floor. She's a, she's a skeleton, yeah. Yeah, she's a skeleton. By the way, that's how they all go. It just goes, oh my god, I'm covering ants. The next time you see them, they are just skeletons. <laughs> um, so, of course, so of course, you know, if you're an adult male and uh, and, you know, and of a reasonable sound mind. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you discover the skeleton of your girlfriend on the floor, I'd imagine that your first response, you know, your first reaction would be to, to make a joke. Sure. Well, it was certainly Andrew or Aunt Drew's uh, first reaction because, you know, I mean, and, and keep in mind, it's it's like 20 seconds of jokes before he finally has the idea to call the cops. Here we go. Enjoy. Well, that's not the first time I heard of food getting revenge. Well, you shouldn't drink the water in Mexico. Montezuma's revenge. You should actually change the name of the amoeba Montezuma. But then again, I guess that wouldn't be revenge. It would just be nature. What the fuck is wrong with you, movie? <laughs> I'd better call the police. <laughs> he has all of those thoughts. It says before. them. Before. And says them all out loud before he thinks that maybe he should call the cops. Maybe they should call Amoeba Montezuma. Maybe we should change the name of the, Mazib- of the Amoeba. Oh man, Montezuma. I mean, like that part just killed me because I'm like, I don't care about, I don't care about the aspect of him. He should be calling the police right now because I get that it's supposed to be just goofy. Yeah, yeah. But the stuff he is saying is it angers me in its bullshittedness. It's so uh, stupid. Yeah, and, and, and but anyway, he does. Decide that he's going to get in contact with the police. He can't call them because his phone is broken. Uh, and so he r- decides he's going to run to the police station. So he starts running. And on the way, he encounters another bully. <laughs> who, again, who, of course, tries who of to stop has the gr- Of course, has the great bully line. Yo, why don't you watch where I'm going? <laughs> <laughs> he also gets wedgied again. Let's hear that. I can feel him climbing around inside my peepee. Oh, I don't think this is <laughs> You have ants in your peepee? No. Yeah, I don't think I have the uh, the, the the audio of him getting wedged the second time. Okay, <laughs> let's hear that again. But uh, but but basically, the guy the guy they start talking. 
and after he wedges him, he tells him how how weird it feels in his uh, uh, in his private areas, and says that he's got ants running around inside of him. So this is the reaction. I can feel them climbing around inside my peepee. You sick fuck! You have ants in your peepee. So that's the kind of uh, mentality we have in this film so far: is that we have grown men calling their penises. Pee-pees. Yeah, they call them. They, he calls it his PP throughout the film in a, a numerous contexts, uh, and they they talk about caca. I think uh, meaning shit a few times as well. It's mm-hmm. you know the infantile humor. I guess it's taken to its natural extreme for a movie called Ant Farm Dickhole. Sure. Yeah, so he has ants in his PP. Yes, he does. Doesn't he? It never really does seem to bother him. He doesn't think that he should go to uh, a doctor or anything about these ants in his PP. No, he's the only one in the film who doesn't think they should go to a doctor. Yeah, that's true. So he's going off to get help. We we never really get an indication that, that the fact that his girlfriend dies um, and that he goes to the police, theoretically, um, that, that, that even though there will be a detective, a police detective later in the movie, those things don't really connect together. It's not like there's a real investigation or anything like that. No. There is not. There is not. What we get next is a news broadcast, like we mentioned earlier, and the news reporter in this case is just a woman in a bikini uh, who seems really nice. I, I say that because she seems nice in a way that uh, she's actually a reasonable actress. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. She's attractive. Um, she, yeah. I mean, she's 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 better than most of the people in this film. Let's. Let, I, I, I didn't want to have to bring this up, Mo. Oh. But I want to be respectful to the women in this film. All right. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, th- there there are a lot of women in this film. They are not given much to do, except for one particular character, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, but they're all very attractive, and mostly they are just asked to take their clothes off and get killed. Which perfect. I, <laughs> that's what you say. I, I wish that they had a little bit more to do. Um, sure. This scene is ridiculous. She do- talks about how great it is to do to go sunbathing in the middle of the woods because the UV rays are blocked by the um, by the trees, and that you get more oxygen from larger trees. And uh, it, I don't know why this is in the movie. It, there's a, but but all of those, I mean, like all of those those scenes of the news reports are in the movie for one for for one of two reasons: um, a, chicks in bikinis. B, padding. Yeah, that's. But this is a particularly odd kind of padding because it it is because this movie doesn't need padding. It's ninety minutes long. Yeah, you know. In fact, if anything, he could have cut twenty minutes off of this film, and it probably would have been a better movie. Uh, I would I would say no, probably about it. It it definitely would be, uh, especially yeah. when we get to the very end where there are segments that it just feels like oh, let's just throw that on at the end because mm-hmm. it's got to reach ninety minutes. Exactly. So uh, away from this news broadcast, we have uh, Anthony and, and Tony. Uh, sorry, Anthony and um, and the other guy, Andrew. Uh, they're True. sitting down on yeah. the couch again, um, and you know a lot of this film includes them just sitting down and talking to each other, having a lot of kind of bullshit conversations. In this case, it's one of those kind of movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they discuss his situation now that it's kind of out in the open about <laughs> that he has ants in his <clears> dick hole. Um, and they say some of the most ridiculous things in the movie. This is uh, this is actually one of my favorite of the most ridiculous things they say. He says this. Ew! I don't <laughs> want them to be inside me. Then they'll defecate and I'll die horribly. Everybody knows that feces spreads diseases. <laughs> 
We should, <laughs> not not only is that a is that a, is that a wonderfully delivered line, but uh, but the but you also have to remember that when they cut to him on that, it's this extreme close up, <laughs> and his glasses are so thick that like his eyes are gigantic. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that feces spread diseases. <laughs> Ew. <sighs> Oh man, you know, I, I think I hear a, a a future new addition to our sound clip file. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> so again, keeping things cl- clear from my own mind as well as yours, Anthony is the long-haired guy played by the director. Andrew is our uh, lead who has ants in his dick hole. So let's just exactly. keep that clear. <laughs> Anthony is trying to help Andrew throughout the rest of the movie. So that's a clear... Uh, that kind of is the motivation for what goes on from here on yeah. out. Anthony goes... And you, you might have to help me along here, Mo. He goes to talk to his friend, who is a girl in a bikini. As all of the girls in this movie are. She, I don't know if she's a scientist or if she has some sort of scientific background or if she's just his friend. She's just a friend. Just a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, in fact, he, he does hit on her a little bit, uh, which will come to fruition a little bit later. But they're just supposed to be a friend. She just happens to be in a bikini and will remain in it for the rest of the movie. Until she takes it off. Until she takes it off. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he asks her, because I guess he's asked her to help him with his issue, he asks her if she's found anything on the internet about the issue. Trust me, that couldn't have happened. I don't think that's the right clip. Um, no fucking shit, Mo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they talk, that's right, they talk about uh, whether or not they found anything on the internet, um, one of the many puns of the movie. And uh, he says something to the effect of that, like ticks. Uh, yeah, they talk about how like a, how like ticks anesthetize or anesthetize or whatever you want to say. <sighs> um, I mean, this is a lot of bullshit. Now they try to come up with a scientific explanation for why a, uh, a group of ants would nest in this guy's dick. Yeah, exactly. They, they suspect that it could be a symbiotic relationship. They talk about formic acid and whether the ants in this case uh, they provide an ant acid because they're eating the formic acid. <sighs> Yeah. It comes down to it being ant cocky in his peepee. Uh, exactly. So what he so basically what he <laughs> so basically what 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 um, uh, Andrew's uh, brilliant reaction to all of this is is that uh, it was this. Trust me, that couldn't have happened. I suffer from premature ejaculation from masturbating. My peepee were numb. I could myself last all night. So yeah, I mean, like, and 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 me, me and Doug, we were ta- we were kind of talking about this before we actually started recording. <laughs> that uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really bad takes that they keep in the film. I don't know if they keep it in because they because they think it's just you know funnier to keep the bad take in. But I mean, like he he not only flubbed up the word premature, but also the word ejaculation, <laughs> which is kind of the, the phrase, whole core of what yeah, he was trying to say. <laughs> exactly then. in the phrase premature ejaculation. So basically, what he was saying was that if uh, if the ants were anesthetizing his penis, uh, he would have the exact opposite problem, and he'd be able to masturbate all night long. Right, and that's very important to him, uh, especially hey, now that he doesn't have a girlfriend because it was exactly he was eaten she's by, dead. Uh, ants. Um, the Sorry, I'm just I'm taking a moment to realize what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so uh, there is a detective, a police detective, who's added to the fray. He's actually mm-hmm. investigating the case a little bit. Uh, He's he, also the only character whose name is said frequently enough that you can actually pick it up. 
not surprisingly, the name of his character in this case, uh, which is uh, Detective Steve Nebensky. Nebesny, mm-hmm. Nebesny. Nebesny. Uh, that's actually the name of the actor as well, so that probably is why he says his name so often. Well, there you go. Um, and he uh, he stops off at uh, Tony's house, uh, who refuses to let him in. Again, another long scene with him just spouting a bunch of bullshit, and we find out that actually the detective is just trying to tell him that his car, which was stolen, has been found with the word dick spray-painted on it. Yeah, and it's so fucking ridiculous, too. Like, like they kept in all of this, like, all of the footage of, of Tony talking and he's like oh you know it's like i want you in here you step on my right or you step on my left yeah you know it's just like come on i mean and this this is this is kind of the i warm to uh Bilzebub as an actor a little bit later i find some of his dialogue a little bit more interesting but mm-hmm. this is the most egocentric scene because not only is it unnecessary for the movie as a whole uh it's not funny and he it's he really says a lot of things that are supposed to be clever or are supposed to be kind of tricky wordplay but it, it it's it's not interesting or fun to what it watch. is is annoying it's just annoying. Yeah, it just becomes irritating, and that's yeah. that's kind of the death knell for a movie like this, which, you know, you got, you already got to get past the title if you're someone who isn't interested in genre movies, but you don't want annoying characters on top of that. Yeah, and then we get introduced uh, pretty pretty soon after this to um, to an ongoing joke through the course of the movie about uh, getting a dose of their own medicine. Mm-hmm. But not the, but not the, uh, the good grape-flavored kind. Right. Yes, that's brought up a few times uh, a little bit later. Like five we'll times. not come back to it. <laughs> so Andrew's jerking off. He, uh, that's right. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, yeah the next scene is, is we come back to Andrew jerking off. Yeah, he's jerking off. He's Don't worry. It's it, it's the fake, super fake dick again. And while he's doing this, an Andrew Doesn't make it any less it. pleasant. <laughs> Am I what? correct, Mo? Is that what happens? Yeah, I was saying it doesn't make it any more pleasant that it's the fake penis. No, that's absolutely. But you're right. True. An ant crawls. An, an ant crawls out <laughs> of his fucking dick. Fake ant crawls out of it. Uh, at first, he's a little bit upset about the whole ant thing, but what he is starting to realize here is that the ants and him they do have sort of a symbiotic relationship in that they are protecting him because mm-hmm. right now they're defending their nest. In fact, he he actually vocalizes that. Um. Yeah, he does, but we totally skipped over another line. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're we winning today. <laughs> we don't have to have all the lines, Mo. <laughs> we do. This this one we do, because this one's ridiculous. Uh, this is the one we talking... He's talking to the to the girl out in the forest. Um, who, her name is Antdria, which we don't find out until for like another half an hour. Uh, we've only uh, just found out, I think, uh, Anthony's name just a little while ago. Yeah, we still don't know Andrew's name. Right. I don't think we've 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 discovered his name yet. But basically, they're talking about how, um, you know, about how like they wouldn't have to worry about you know, it being, uh, like, like it being like an antiseptic, uh, like a septic sort of problem with his penis. And and let, here, here, I'll just play the. I feel like we're taking two steps back here, Mo. <laughs> we are. We are. We are taking two steps back, but we'll take a huge step forward. I just want to play this clip because it's fucking ridiculous. Here, I'll just play it. So the ant cocky in Andrew's pee-pee can't hurt him? If he went to the hospital, then he wouldn't have to worry about the ant cocky in his pee-pee. <laughs> I just wanted to play that, because I wanted, I wanted to, to further extend like how, like the idea of how ridiculous the dialogue in this film is. Well, I think that really got that. <laughs> it really it got did, it because nailed. not only... 
Yes. Because not only did they say Ant Cocky in his PP, they said Ant Cocky in his PP twice. Yes. And we're saying it even more than that. So uh, <laughs> they're making us talk about Ant Cocky in the PP. So so back to uh, to Andrew masturbating. Please. Uh, <laughs> and and crawling out of it, and he his realization about what's going on in regards to the ant and his own uh, kind of symbiotic relationship. When you attack the bully, you must have been defending your nest. It must also be why you killed my girlfriend. You must have thought she was an ant eater. Nah. <laughs> but uh, so that is what the kind of crux of the uh, film from this point on, which is that Andrew is gaining a lot of confidence from the fact that. Uh, that he, he knows that the ants can protect him, uh, and that confidence actually makes him more attractive to women. Um, yeah. And that you could build a movie around that in a really bizarre kind of way. However, it doesn't really go in that direction. It kind no. of takes it into a weird. He becomes kind of this sociopath who decides to start murdering. We'll get to that in just. In fact, we'll get to that right now because right now, yeah. what he's going to do is he's going to try to give the bullies who've been pestering him a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, exactly. So his first, so his first thought is uh, he discovers one of their girlfriends in her car, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> and of course, she's wearing a bikini. Um, so of course, if I was thinking of what the most convenient way <laughs> to uh, to put ants into a vehicle would be, I mean, clearly, because I, I know, Doug, you're thinking this, too, because you are a, a grown man like me, mm-hmm. uh, that the best way to do that would be to hump the tailpipe. He, he puts a little stick for the uh, against the car door so she can't open so it. So she can't get out. And then he fucks the tailpipe of the car. Yep. And he fucks it until ants come out of his penis and go into the car through the tailpipe. And somehow remove her clothes. Her, her clothes come off in the fracas. Pretend that I'm Bill's above right now. Okay. Her clothes come <laughs> off. The ants come from his dick hole into the car, and they they attack her and kill her and turn her into a skeleton. Now, you see, the, you see the see the thing the thing is with scenes like this, it's why this is the sort of scene where where I can't tell whether or not I think. Whether or not I think Beelzebub is a fucking genius or a fucking madman. I, I like this scene just because it, it. this is what I expected the movie to be. Which is, sure. Which is just, you know, really ridiculous setups uh, into some sort of, uh, you know, violent but goofy attacks. And, and this kind of... I felt at this point that the movie kind of came together a little bit more because we do get a few more of these. Um, mm-hmm. But it is hard at this point to understand what his motivation is because they don't really spell out the fact that this is supposed to be one of the bully's girlfriends that he's killing here. It just they seems like he's that just murdering all. somebody. Yeah, exactly. He just seems like he's going on. Uh, in fact, when I was taking my notes, I said, you know, he, he goes on like, uh, like a fucking murder spree. Like he's not, it, it has nothing to do, it doesn't seem to me as an outside witness, which is of course what the entire audience is, um, that he, that that's what he's doing, that he's going after the bully's girlfriends. He's never, he never vocalizes it. Um, in fact, it never even really comes up until later in the film when the bully brings it up to him. Right. Yeah. And that's the only time that I, it really came together. I was like, Oh, he's crazy, but he's crazy in a different way than I thought he was crazy. Exactly. You know? So, so yeah, he, he traps the girl in the car, you know, he, he humps the, the tailpipe and then we're treated to another fake newscast, um, about how the artificial sweetener butt spartame 
you know, instead of aspartame. Oh, I get it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I figured I figured the audience wouldn't get it because it's such a high class joke. Um, how it's not, you know, how it's bad for you or whatever. I don't remember. And then they start talking about spontaneous human combustion, and it just doesn't make any sense. Shockingly, uh, that that uh, butts pertain joke actually does pay off to some extent. Um, yeah, they, they they're blaming the attacks on spontaneous combustion, except yeah. it leaves like skeleton, clean skeletons left over. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that's what they think is going on. By the way, another no budget movie, another no budget uh, attempt at creating a newscast that looks horrible and features a newscaster who, you know, can barely speak the lines. Well, not only can she barely speak the lines, which is really sad because she has the papers right in front of her, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is that they, they're they so close up on her face that it's like, it's she almost looks like fucking Jambi. It's just like, it's just her head. Yeah. And it's so weird. And when it's not just her head, it's her entire upper torso, you know? Like, it's from, like, her waist up, which is just as equally weird for a newscast. Like, it really should, you know, I mean, you know, I, like, like, the, like I, I don't think the term medium headshot is is, is all that foreign to, to a filmmaker. I mean, it, like, that's really what it should have just been, you know? I mean, it is the classic Tit- shot of what a reporter would look like. Exactly. Tits up, you know? <laughs> she, she throws to the reporter that we saw earlier who was doing that piece about uh, sunbathing in the woods. And she's still yeah. in the woods. But now she's going to interview a scientist about what's going on. The scientist, also in a bikini. Ridiculous. You know, like, I mean, I can get behind this level of ridiculous because, you know, (laughs) you know, scientist, bikini, office, submarine, it's stuff that you don't necessarily expect. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So then we we get back to Andrew, who is uh, who is now figuring out a way that he can hump this window to uh, so that he can get at a a, a woman who's. Taking a shower. She's taking a shower. She was attempting to take a shower in her underwear, which I in don't her think, underwear. I, I don't know anything about women, as we've made clear many times on this podcast. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they don't shower in their underwear. Uh, the ones I know don't. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll have to. If you, if you are a woman listening to this, and if so, why? Uh, please let us know if you do that. But uh, so this gal, she's trying to get a shower, and what he wants to do is masturbate through her window. Uh, and he does, and then there are ants everywhere, and that's what happens. She gets killed by those ants. Exactly. The end. Again, this is what you were saying before, Mo, where it just looks like at this point he's going to go on a murder spree. And yeah. I, I wasn't too against that idea because then, to me, it's like ridiculous setup, murder, ridiculous setup, murder. And that's you know that reminds me of my beloved Las Vegas bloodbath. I would have been, yeah, I was going to say, I would have been fine with the with the rest of the movie being that. I mean, if it was a 70-minute movie, <laughs> you know, but no, that's not, they, they cut, I mean, that's that's sort of the last sort of set-up murder situation, in, in, you know, uh, at least for, for, for Drew. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, actually. In fact, we now, uh, there's another bit about the, the, the reporter talking about the wonders of the woods, and now she's just going nutty talking about how no one ever gets murdered within three feet of a tree um but I, yeah she's like oh you know you, like 
looking at me now, this is what you would what it would look like if you were the victim of a terrorist, and I was trying to figure out who the who, you know who the murderer was. You know, here's a fun fact: no victims have ever been found within three feet of a tree. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's more padding, really. Uh, meanwhile, the detective, really? Steve Nevesby, uh, is talking to the Russian bully from before. And at this point, I guess he really makes the bully aware of the fact that his girlfriend is dead. Though I di- it yeah. didn't really register for me at the time that this is we're supposed to connect those events together. Um, yeah. And he actually, they have a little bit of a conversation, and you'll get a sense of what this bully is all about. I actually kind of like him as a character, even though it's, it's so goofy. Uh, he asks uh, the bully if he's been watching the news recently. Yeah, I was gonna say he was a dick at the beginning, and then by this point, like his response to this just, you know, had me go, okay, well, now I get an idea of what this character's about. But here, here we go. Have you by any chance been watching the news? No, watching the news is for facts. Have you been dating a girl named Aunt Toinette? Yeah. And that gives you another idea of just, I mean, like when, when like I, you know, me and Doug were saying Anthony and and Andrew, but they would say Aunt Tony and. Aunt Drew. I mean, they would really, they really over-accentuate the ant jokes. <laughs> and they certainly do. Uh, we don't, yes. by the way, uh, we don't support the use of that word that uh, the Russian bully used in that particular scene. But that word will happen again before the end of this movie. Uh, and if it does offend you, it should. It absolutely should offend you. And if you're upset about us playing it, please let us know that. But uh, we are probably still going to play it because it happens. In yeah, the I was going to say, yeah. If it happens in the movie, I mean, we're going to play it. Don't blame us. Blame the people who put it <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Exactly. But this this character is supposed to be reprehensible. Just Let's just make that clear as well. Yeah. So next we're, we're, <laughs> we're introduced to a couple who are kind of just sitting in the woods for no real reason, talking about how they want to start their new life away from artificial sweeteners. This couple uh, is uh, unbalanced in a, in a very specific way in that the, the woman <laughs> is very attractive and young, and the gentleman is... None of those things. is me. <laughs> he's, just, he's just this middle-aged fat dude. <laughs> I mean, I think we're supposed that. I think we're supposed to notice that. I hope. I feel bad. I'm sorry, sir, if you are listening to this. But she's, I'm, you know, she's young and attractive, and you're not. So yeah. that's what's happening in this scene. It's hard not to notice. Exactly, and they do make and, and and here's one of the puns that they make that I actually really enjoyed was uh, they were talking about how like. I mean, of course, they're having a conversation about butt spartame, you know, and uh, and how and they don't know why it was ever approved by the FD anus. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> and I liked it. It's I funny thought that, that was that funny. That conversation liked... is going on, but the 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 real they're cutting back and forth between two incidents. They uh, end up being attacked by ants uh, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, in fact, really. But those ants, yeah. at the same time, just a little bit nearby, laying by against a tree, is Andrew. He's with his fucking dick with out. With his dick out. His dick is just out. <clears throat> and <laughs> there is a, a line of ants that you don't really get to see uh, bringing a banana. And <laughs> they're, they're bringing a banana and they try to to ram the banana in his dick hole. They're trying to bring it back to the ant farm. Uh, one of the few times in the film that I actually genuinely laughed. Like, I really thought that was a, a funny idea, you know, that, that they, you know, because obviously the ants are going to try to bring food back to their nests, you know, and the idea that they would bring an entire banana back is is really kind <laughs> He does of wake up eventually with a... With, yeah, when the banana is halfway banana inside of him. Halfway stuffed into it. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, the couple... Um, 
the guy gets immediately killed. The woman, uh, as he's getting well, killed... No, 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 he, no, no, no. He's not immediately killed. <laughs> he has a slow, agonizing death. <laughs> and while he has this slow, agonizing death, he's telling the woman to remove her clothes because uh, they're going after the crumbs that are on her clothes. And she does remove her clothes in a ridiculously slow, intentionally slow fashion, where she removes yeah, her pants and, she, like, and then folds, folds them. She, and then folds takes, them I mean, up, she, it yeah. just lasts and goes and goes and goes. Um, but, and the whole time he's screaming his head off. Yeah, yeah. But that's a joke, right? I mean, that's that's part of that's humor right there. That's actually yeah. I mean, like I like you know, like we keep like we keep saying there are moments in this film that are genuinely funny, and then there are other moments in the film that are just groan worthingly worthy bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, this and I I think that this was one of the funnier moments in the film. Like the whole scene, like between like like the the guy screaming the entire time she's taking her clothes off, and the the ants trying to shove the the banana up Drew's dick. Yeah, I thought both of those were funny. Yeah, so so this would be the most successful scene in the whole movie. Uh, she runs away, gets eaten by ants anyway. Uh, and Drew, on the other hand, gets accosted by a police officer of. Police officer with a very strong foreign accent. I don't know what it was. Really strong. Yeah. Uh, who is upset at him because he has his dick out at the park. Um, and when he mentions that it has something to do with ants, the the cop. Oh, he, you know, he actually has an ant on his shirt, doesn't he? And the yeah. cop tries to kill it, and he says, "No, please don't commit insecticide." <sighs> By the way, he doesn't arrest him for having his dick out at the park. No, no, no. Yeah, he's like, "I'll gut you off with a warning." It's like the dude's laying on the ground with his dick out. I mean, like. And you're going to... Just put that thing away. Please. Uh, so then we cut back to the scientist uh, from before. Um, <laughs> for no real woods. reason. Yeah, she's still in the woods. Uh, although, although, let's be fair, in this particular case, she's not really in the woods. She's kind of uh, clearly on the border of somebody's property that happens to be, you know, on the woods. Uh-huh. But, um... I'm a stickler for those sort of things, you know. But uh, but so she, of course, does what every scientist in the woods does and gets naked. Of course, of course, you know. Um, and I don't remember is she is she uh, is she attacked or I no? I don't think she gets attacked. I don't think she is, but she does make a com- she does make another stupid comment about how the leaves are a uh, UV diffusion filter and that she doesn't need to put on any smelly lotion, which, which is echoing what the reporter said earlier. But this is supposed to be yeah. a scientist, so uh, we have to take yeah. it a little bit more seriously, I suppose. Yeah, so, so and she just rolls stuff in this movie. I mean, she's total. Just she's literally there for just padding. She just rolls around for like four or five minutes, and then we cut back to. Uh, we cut back to um, to Andrew's house where him and Steve are sitting on the couch. Well, Steve is the the detective. I'm sorry, not Steve. Her, him, and Tony are, are sitting on the couch, and the, and the detective uh, Steve Nebesny. <laughs> Steve Nebesny, who says his name every scene. In fact, let's hear him say his name and their yeah. response to whether he can come in. This is pretty great. Keeping in mind what Tony's response to him previously was. I'm Detective Steve Nebesny. May I come in? Surely, <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely. Uh, and Steve is is starting to get a little bit suspicious about what's going on, and probably rightfully so. Um, sure. And and he comes in and asks some really basic questions, considering that they really should have a long talk about why uh, Drew is always has his cock out and why <laughs> he's always killing people who are around him. Um, and of course, here's here's the response. Yes. Aunt Drew, you don't have to tolerate this ant interrogation. Uh, are you trying to interfere with this investigation? 
You bet your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to interrupt this investigation? You bet your you asshole. You bet your asshole. <laughs> Perfect inflection. I mean, and the, you the bet puns your come fast and furious from now on. Um, they just get worse. Especially from, from, uh, from Tony, uh, who just every line seems to have a stupid ant pun in it. Uh-huh. It's true. It's true. Thank you for the confirmation, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he keeps going back. This the, the movie's starting to get a little repetitive, shockingly at this point, where Tony yeah. will talk to his female friend who uh, gives him a little bit more information and gives him an idea in regards wait, to wait, wait, how wait, to wait, deal wait, with wait. the problem. No, no. Um, no, uh, I think the, the doesn't Steve Nebesny ask him another question? Like, ask, asks him if he's, or is it her? Yeah, I think it's her. Yeah, she asks him the, uh, another kind of ridiculous, you know, it's just a joke set up for, for the rest of the movie, but she asks him if um, if he watches the news. Have you been watching the news? Oh, what's No, that? I'm more interested in the old, on what you'd call an anachronism. Oh, and that wasn't Steve, that was, um, that was Steve asking Andrew. Okay, well, who gives a shit? <laughs> it's still stupid. <laughs> no, you're right, Mo. Uh, it was a, he set up his joke about calling himself an anachronism. Womp. <sighs> <laughs> oh, this is killing Yeah, about me. halfway through. So uh, everyone, yeah. you just hold tight. <laughs> Things will be okay. So and, uh, so Tony, and Tony, talks to his female friend. Uh, she gives him the idea uh, about how red ants are can kick any other kind of ants' asses. Uh, mm-hmm. She even says, you mean thorax. <laughs> Um, and that gives Tony an idea uh, that what he's going to do, and this is a kind of ridiculous plan as well. This is probably the most ridiculous plan. <laughs> okay, this is this is what he does. Andrew is in the middle of the woods. <laughs> the woods. S- sunba- sunbathing. He's sunbathing in fully clothed, laying on his back, sunbathing. This girl comes over to him attractive woman and she uh, she says that uh, she notices how confident he's become thanks to his dick being infested by uh, ants and um, <laughs> she, she even says you're so confident you don't even need to take your clothes off to sunbathe yeah and he's like uh, and of course his response is that he needs you know he needs to give parts of his body a rest and she says uh, she says yeah you look like the type of person who needs to give parts of your body a rest he doesn't look like that and he Huh? He doesn't look like a person like that. No, for, he really doesn't. But of course, he 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 responds with the ever so clever. Not to sound cocky, but you hit the nail on the head of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually end up using that line at some point. Yeah, yeah, I kind of will too. In <laughs> fact, I kind of already have. She hits on him hardcore, uh, ridiculously hardcore, uh, to the point where mm-hmm. uh, when she asks if he has lotion, he says that he does not, but then she said, well, why don't you just pretend you do and just rub your strong hands all over my body? Um, yeah, and, and it's, I, it's pretty great because, um, you know, she, he's rubbing her lower back, and she's like, oh, you, you can go as low as you want. And he, So, of course, he starts rubbing her butt, and then they cut, they cut to her face, and she looks so goddamn bored. Yeah. It's just fucking brilliant. But anyway, they decide that it's probably, since he's already almost got busted for indecent exposure, that they go back to his place and uh, they get mad ruddy uh, and, and have a, a good time. But before they have a good sexual free time... Um, they need to decide what kind of music they have, they're going to put That's exactly on. right. And what kind of music yeah. would that be, Mo? 
Look, I'm using me to think about playing. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Urethra, Franklin? No. <sighs> no? She sings that song. R-E-S-P-P-E-C-T. I'm going to state that that's the second worst joke. I think that might be the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> but that, even worse than uh, than this isn't a park, it's a stolen or whatever. You... This, maybe it's the delivery on this one. Maybe. It's really annoying. And it's and, and as annoying as it was in audio form, it's twice as annoying visually. This guy's such a goober, Mo. He really is. Like, he makes us look awesome. So she whips his dick out and she starts sucking on it. Uh, I don't want like to. Really I'm just getting right to the detail here, please. Uh, and as uh, and she actually she she takes off her clothes and she tosses. In fact, she takes off all her clothes and t- tosses her bra into his face, and it just stays there while she is uh, is filleting him. Uh, He's got a real problem with falling with asleep. She pulls a vial of fire ants, uh, not just from anywhere, by the way. She takes it from her uh, vagina. And Look, when you're in a bikini, there's only one place to hide things. Mm, absolutely. But, you know, women have a natural hiding spot, so good on her. Yeah. So she opens up this vial of fire ants, and she pours them down his dick hole. Yeah, and we should probably state that this was not simulated either. I mean, like, she really pulled this vial out of her out of her vagina. It, it was, did appear that like, when that happened, I was Yeah, when that happened, I was like, holy shit. Like, I kind of wasn't expecting that. The, this scene um, almost gets anyway. super hardcore. I mean, it, it's it's right on the edge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's unsimulated fellatio to a fake penis. She really pulls a fucking, you know, tube out of her vag. It's nuts. I like the way I put it better. <laughs> yeah, you're probably a little more eloquent, but uh, regardless. <laughs> so, so by the way, at this point we realize that she didn't actually, uh, she wasn't seduced by his confidence. She was actually hired by Tony to do this. As a trick, uh, not a trick, but like as a solution to the problem. She's pouring fire ants down his penis to try to end the ant from dick hole. What does she say? She says like fire ants in the hole? Yeah. Ridiculous. It doesn't work, by the way. Yeah. It's ant annihilation. <laughs> they say that in the movie. I can't take credit for it. Um, yeah. It, it, I think, explain it to me, Mo. She put army ants in his dick. Is that what happened? No, he had okay. army ants. Army ants, so and she, they're yeah. tough as nails, and they uh, kill all the red ants. Yeah, it's really weird because, like, because Andrea has the uh, has the idea in the first place to put the uh, the red ants in mm. there, but then but then she's the one who like who like chastises Tony for doing it in the first place. She's like, oh, that would that that'll never work. Yeah, but it was like it was her fucking idea. Yeah, she's a, she's a woman of contradictions. Um, so she's a woman. Drew wakes up eventually, <laughs> and when he wakes up, he sees that the he has a skeleton because uh, Aunt Marie, who is the the girl who was who had seduced him, she's now dead. Yeah. Uh, there are mm-hmm. red ants, dead red ants, uh, all over the uh, room, and he has a bit of a realization about what's going on. Um, a brilliant, a brilliant realization. Yeah, let's hear what his, his realization is. No matter how gently you touch my penis, the ants would still see you as an intruder. <laughs> this is where you said earlier, Mo, about how he thinks that there might be other people with ants in their pee holes. Yeah, he kind of uh, says that right after that. He's, he's he has this whole thing where like he compares himself to the Highlander and how there can be only one ant, uh, ant hole, uh, ant farm, dick hole, and how he wants to go find the other ones. But uh, but Tony hatches another somewhat 
ridiculous plot. This is an inspired and one, I have to say. It is inspired. Now, the funny thing about this about this particular plot is that we don't really find out what it is until it kind of happens, <laughs> you know. But uh, but what we are treated to is some of the most ridiculous music I've ever heard. Um, while he's in the process of enacting his plot, we don't. I mean, like I said, we don't know what it is yet. We just know that he kind of goes someplace and then comes back. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the music that plays the entire time while he's doing that. <laughs> yep, that's a that's a song, all right. <laughs> uh, Tony goes back to his friend who is a girl, um, yeah. and uh, they actually this Andrew. is one of the best examples of him flubbing his lines. Uh, I think she actually flubs a line and it's left in entirely. And I mean, they even sometimes draw attention to the fact that that the lines are, are fucked up. Uh, but that's just the way things go. But mm-hmm. in this conversation, which isn't important, by the way, he are any of them? Sorry, are any of the conversations important? Even I in mean, the, like the realm of unimportant conversations, um, he actually kind of flirts with her a little bit. And one of his flirting lines might be the most unusual <laughs> fucking things to say. Just just play it about. He talks about that she should uh, she should be part of a new category of women. Yeah. American movies should have a new category called science less fiction. And you should have a new category of women called I should have married her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those Zach Galifianakis jokes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- th- it's like anti-humor, I guess. But I mean, it's, that's yeah. what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, hey, it, it, it fucking works. It does, actually, because the next time you see her, <laughs> she's does. all over him. But the reason she's all over him is that he decides to do something ballsy. In fact, he's already done it. When he went to that location and came back, he brought something back with him. Yep. What? He went and he kidnapped an anteater. Yeah, he got an anteater. Which, when you think about it, I think, and is kind of inspired. We don't know at this point that it's an anteater because they can't show an anteater to us because they don't yeah. have an anteater. They don't have one. So all we see is a very fully stuffed backpack. Right. It's in his backpack. Yeah. So he goes... Uh, I, I should mention, because they have this brief clip of a scene of a woman in a bikini, of course, uh, mm-hmm. reading uh, the, the book The, the God Delusion the by God Richard Delusion, Dawkins. Yeah. That'll come back later. I don't know what they're trying to say there. For right now, it's just completely... It, it's just faff. It's just padding, Yeah, it's just you know? a superfluous scene stuck in the yeah. middle of this part. Exactly. Tony goes to visit Drew. Uh, <laughs> Drew passes out because they're drinking together. And mm. then Tony takes the anteater out of his backpack. <laughs> and he, I think he even says, you can lead an anteater to the penis, but you can't make him eat. <laughs> but the a- anteater is the effect in this case. I love... This is probably one of my favorite moments in the entire film. Is when is when they I mean because all they do is they just it's just a picture of an anteater. It's like it's like the suburban Sasquatch effect where it's just something pasted over what's supposed to be there. Yeah, it's an anteater's head that's been pasted on the screen. Yeah, I'm supposed to think it's an anteater. 
you know, and and it's just and they're just you know animating it to kind of go up and down a little bit. This would be the the least amount of movement that could be considered animation. Yeah, without a doubt. And nothing on the anteater moves. It's just, like I said, it's just a picture of an anteater. It doesn't even make any sounds, really. Uh, nope. And, of course, Tony wakes up uh, almost immediately and apparently sober right away. Uh, and he doesn't see the anteater. In fact, we don't know what happens to the anteater. It just vanishes entirely. But, no uh, sorry, Drew wakes up. And he mm-hmm. thinks that Tony, who is just sitting there and uh, and noticing... Drew notices that he has his own dick out now. He thinks that Tony was actually trying to uh, fillet him. Fillet him, yeah. That's exactly what happens. And in fact, he gets pissed Ridiculous. at him and he tells him to get yeah, out Yeah, he gets there. pissed, he kicks him out. So Tony has to go back to that friend of his who is a girl, who now, by the way, finds him irresistible because of his baldiness in regards to kidnapping the anteater. I wanted to ask you about this next particu- this particular scene. I know scene what you're going to say, Mo, and let's talk about it. Yeah, um... <laughs> because they're talking about like you know he I mean like the problem with Tony as a character you know is that like he just talks too much you know and and a lot of his talking kind of fucks up you know any of the good stuff that he might get because she's throwing herself all over him essentially and he's like talking himself out of a girlfriend essentially mm-hmm. um, you know but I think kind of brightens up just in time to not ruin it. And so she kind of leans in to give him a kiss, and his chair just falls apart from underneath him. Now, I wonder... I wish everyone could see that part. You know, I wonder... It's exactly what you said. She leans in to give him a kiss, his chair just falls apart, he falls over immediately. And he's just like, whoa! You know, like, like I, I don't think that that was intentional. She reacts exactly like a person would react... If you went to kiss, if you were the person you tried to kiss someone and they fell off their chair, she yeah. reacts exactly that way. She's like, "What?" <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, what?" The movie. <laughs> yeah. There's no way it was meant to happen like that. No, it it just seems like no, it couldn't be. It couldn't have been, you know. So I was amused by that. I have to admit, that was hilarious. But I think it was entirely unintentional. Uh-huh. Well, uh, meanwhile, because two seconds Drew, later, uh, is well, because two seconds later they cut back to him and he's back in the chair again. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe the chair could have been fixed. I don't know. Drew, yeah, our good friend Drew, is having a conversation with his penis. Like any guy does. More accurately, he's having a conversation with the queen ant, who is green and comes out of the head of his penis. Uh, and he really, he has a lot of respect for these ants now at this point. He feels like they've given him a greater sense of confidence. And he decides that to show his appreciation to the queen. I want to personally thank you for everything that you've done for me. My life has changed for the better. Except that your warriors killed my girlfriend. But that was just a miscommunication. God, like his voice is so much weirder just listening yeah. to it. Yeah, he's kind of an odd duck that uh, <laughs> Andrew... He kisses the queen, by the way. He does kiss the queen. <sighs> And then we're back to uh, to Tony yes. in the chair. And now this scene uh, is the apex of the mistakes being left in the movie that didn't involve him falling off a chair. They have a, <laughs> this is him talking to the the girl who is now rapidly becoming his girlfriend. 
Well, she's already his girlfriend now because basically she's, you know, cause I think from the point where they start talking about like him being prison raped uh, and how that would be him cheating on her, I think that's the yeah. point. Yeah, she's, by the way, her, her yeah. name is Aunt Drea, so she's Aunt, Aunt Drea, Drea for the rest of this because I'm not trying to pronounce that ant word anymore. No, fuck that. Uh, they have a little conversation and he says one of his lines too early and she's still talking, so then he stops and starts to laugh, she finishes her line and then he he says the line that he was going to say, and even says, "Notice that I waited till you finished that time." And it's in the movie. Yeah, it's hilarious, you see, because he's the director. <laughs> you know, it, no. What's really funny is that is that I mean, you often see uh, like Spielberg um, doing stuff like this. Uh, George Lucas is really well known for keeping in flubs. Uh, yeah, no, that it doesn't happen very often. Look, I can no. see where the, the thought process is, right? You do something on set, it ends up being really funny, and, and you're, you probably are going to put it in the outtakes if you put out a DVD anyway, and you're like, well, this yeah. is a comedy, so why don't we just put this in the movie? It'll be a little weird, because we already are kind of are playing around with, with kind of, we'll, we'll, we're throwing everything but the kitchen sink in, so why not have a, a jokey moment that's really an outtake in there? Uh, but what you're really doing is just... At this point, it feels like you're not trying very hard. Exactly. That's that's, and 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 that right there is you just hit the nail on the head of the penis. <laughs> um, you know, for for my biggest issue with this movie is that there's a lot of situations where it just doesn't feel like he's like trying. You know, and 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 I and I think that's always kind of been our biggest. Um, uh, peeve with with these low budget filmmakers is is you know I mean like they can look like they're having a lot of fun. In fact, we encourage them to have a lot of fun because that makes the movie better. Right. But if you're having a lot of fun at the expense of the movie being you know all that it quote unquote can be, you know it, it, it kind of ruins the the film for me. I mean, especially because we can see that it wouldn't take a lot of effort to turn this into something that would be that would have that level of fun that they really are trying for. Sure, without a doubt, this movie could have been a ridiculous amount of fun. This could this movie could have been fucking suburban Sasquatch level of right. fun. That, that, I mean that that is the point. It just doesn't go there. It do, it doesn't. Well, that's the thing. Dave Waskovich, he you could tell he put everything into the movie, uh, but yeah. in this case, you can feel that they're constantly holding back. They're never making that kind of extra effort. And when you got a movie called Ant from Dickhole, you got to throw everything into it. You kind of have to, yeah. Um, this uh, this next scene involves the, uh, the return of the bully, the Russian. We're saying Russian in quotation marks. I'm I'm no good with accents. Um, I don't think the bully. I don't think the Russian bully is on this one. This is just two of the. other. This is like his henchman and another guy. Oh right, there's two. That's exactly right. One of them has a mm-hmm. baseball bat in this case. This yeah. I I love this scene for a number it's of different reasons. Yeah, mostly because of the dialogue. They're confronting Andrew in this case because Andrew has uh, supposedly killed the girlfriend of one of them, uh, or both mm-hmm. of them, and um, they're they're going to kick his ass. That's the whole point. Yeah. So let's hear what let's hear some of what they say to him. It's it's really great. So yeah, so here's how it starts. You like to kill girls? How do I kill you like a girl? You're too ugly to be a girl. <laughs> that's almost like a, like a Napoleon Dynamite level of ridiculousness right there. Okay, like, I just want to dissect the first part of what he said. You like to kill girls? How about if I kill you like a girl? <laughs> what does that even mean? 
But then his response is equally bizarre and hilarious. He's like, you're too ugly to be a girl. But he's like, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about you. <laughs> so then, of course, that leads into this brilliant bit of dialogue. Because obviously you can't see there's one of you, and I got a bat. And I've got an army. Oh, really? Where is it? In my pants. <laughs> this, uh, this fight scene is actually pretty decent. Uh, they use this effect where it kind of speeds up and slows down. It's like the yeah. really, really cheapy version of... Uh, uh, of like, like the Matrix effect? Sorry? Uh, no, no, go ahead. Or like in say? 300 uh, or, or um, uh, Zack Snyder's films in general where they sure, speed sure. up and slow down all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like the really, really Adobe After Effects version of that. Yeah, and it's really great, too, because uh, it's pretty obvious just from watching it that the entire thing was filmed in pretty slow motion to begin right. with. You know, and then slowed down a little bit more to make it look like it was intentionally done in slow motion. Exactly. And then and then of course they speed it up. And of course when they speed it up they're shooting it at about double speed. You know, it's pretty it's pretty clever how they I mean like like that fight scene is is really cleverly done. Mo, was there something else that was maybe a little familiar about this scene? About this mm-hmm. scene? Um, it's okay if you don't know, Mo, but there was something very yeah, familiar I was while I was watching it. I was like, there's something strangely Todd Sheetsian about this, and you know what it was? It was that the what? soundtrack song in the back was a heavy metal or death metal cover of Mars, the Bringer of War, the song that That's Todd Sheetsian again and again in Nightmare Asylum. I really I didn't pay attention there, to that. There are That's parts of it fucking that, that, hilarious. Kind of dun, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I recognize this. I think that. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> wow. Well, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Drew, uh, who wins the fight, by the way, he does eventually forgive uh, Anthony for the whole attempting to uh, suck his dick theoretically thing. <laughs> yeah, so he has him back over, and they're gonna, you know, and they're, you know, they're having a uh, a talk, you know. He, <laughs> yes, he forgives. They have him. a talk, don't they? Yeah, which is half the fucking movie is just them fucking talking. But yeah, he ends up forgiving him for for wanting to suck his dick, and uh, Tony decides he's gonna go. He needs to go to the bathroom, but he has a plan. But he has he has a plan, you know. And he brings the, um, you know, he bring he he wants to bring his backpack with him, and uh, this of course kind of gets Andrew all paranoid mm-hmm. and so he makes he makes the assumption that uh, that Tony wants to go in and, to, to masturbate right. to him so here so here's of course Tony's response I know what it is I know what it is oh here we go you've got lotion in there you're gonna go in there and you're gonna jerk off about me aren't you no and even if I did want to jerk off about you I don't need lotion my penis is not circumcised <laughs> no wonder you don't have ants in your dick <laughs> Then he says, why? He goes, because you look like an anteater. <laughs> <sighs> no wonder you don't have an- you don't have ants in your dick. Yeah. Now he's, like, proud of the fact that he's got, a, uh, like, an ant, you know, an ant farm in his dick hole. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what the plan is on Tony's part is that he has some uh, insecticide. Um, and he has a big jug of it. And his... Keep in, keep in mind that they didn't explain this plan before. They sort of did. They showed Tony talking to his girlfriend again, and and she suggests that he do he treat it like a uh, like an infestation. And if it's oh. an infestation, how do you deal with it? 
Oh, okay. Because because I, I I must have missed that part, you know, because my brain probably exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so so I get to this point, all I see him do is whip out this jug of what I assume is water, you know, soak down some toilet paper, and then just start wiping down the bathroom. It, it was very confusing reason. when it shows him do it because even though that it it is suggested that he should try to deal with it like an exterminator. It, it, we don't know what his plan is until he goes into that bathroom, and then it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's only when he comes out and uh, Tony says that it smells like insecticide that we know what's going no, on. No, 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 no. He says it smells like incesticide. Oh, that's right. Didn't he say that? Hmm. <sighs> Clever dialogue. Well, this does lead to one of the, the better lines in the entire movie, uh, where Tony uh, explains that he's upset of the fact that uh, that Drew is not true, sorry, that Tony has uh, sort of uh, betrayed him. Um, it, it, I, I would argue this is the best line of the film. Alright, let's hear it. This is what he says. Came into my house, ate my food, drank my beer, sucked my dick, used my bathroom, and at no point did you think you should tell me about your betrayal? Because at this point, we forgot that, we for, you know, I guess uh, Andrew had his eye on Andrea. Yeah, even though that was never hinted at before. N- not once in the entire thing, but I guess he had his eye on her, and uh, and, and this was sort of like uh, Tony's trying to explain why he had the the uh, the insecticide. Um, he, it's in a jug marked, it's in a, like a gallon jug marked moonshine, so he thinks it's alcohol. Right. Um, ridiculous. It's a great line, though. I thought it was funny. One of the few things I can say about this movie that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, please, let's, now let's just finish Andrew this fucking movie. Is, uh, <laughs> is very upset with Tony, and he is decided to make him his enemy. Uh, that they're they're going to be enemies now, and in fact, he not only kind of makes clear what's been going on, which is that since the bullies killed. <laughs> Andrew thinks that the bullies killed his girlfriend because they put the ants in his body, so now he's going to send the ants... He he has sent the ants to kill their girlfriends, but now he's also going to send the ants to kill uh, Andrew... uh, Sorry, Tony's girlfriend because of the betrayal. Yeah. (laughs) This this episode is going to be filled with a lot of sighing. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's... we're getting there, man. We're getting to it. Yeah, we're, we're um, trying to we're trying to finish this, but fuck off. It's just annoying yeah. at this point. Tony goes to his girlfriend and uh, warns her about what's going on. She doesn't take it too seriously, but he does suggest that she go into hiding. Uh, and then yeah. another outtake occurs where he's kind of uh, just goofing off, and he tells her to harmonize, and she starts making a tone, and he harmonizes with her, and it's in the movie. Yeah. So fuck that. Um, Andrew, by the way, uh, he puts an earbud in his dick. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, he's sitting. He's laying uh, again, laying on his couch with his dick out, um, which seems to be his his biggest pastime. Uh, listening to music, he's like, "Yeah, this song's so fucking great. You guys should hear it." And he puts the fucking earbud in his dick. Yeah. So I mean, that's that, that's funny. I mean, it's a joke. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Tony has gone off to, to uh, see a scientist. In fact, it's the scientist we saw briefly, just for a second earlier, reading uh, re- reading the Richard Dawkins book. Um, and we discover uh, he, that he has snuck into the house because he had made an appointment and she didn't answer the door. She's in a bikini, of course. Uh, and she, when noticing that she? someone's in her house, she jumps out. And what does she say? Choose your next move wisely! 
I am a black belt in Ant Kido. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, <laughs> she's not only a black belt in Ant Kido, she's also an entomologist, uh, which would be an expert on insects. But I guess since she's an entomologist, she's an expert specifically on ants. <laughs> they have they have a uh, conversation back and forth, which includes a lot of clever. In this case, I'll go with really clever, actually clever dialogue uh, that ends in probably what is my favorite part of the film. So actually, let's hear them talking because this scene's kind of useless as well. Sure. Um, well, I mean, all I really have is the end of the conversation, it, but but we'll just we'll cut right to the end. Well, with friends like Freud, who needs animals? That's why I like Carl Jung. I don't like him. <laughs> she doesn't like him because he's a bit of an idiot, which I have to say yeah. is one of the reasons I don't like him either. Well, I mean, we should clarify what he said. He said, with friends like Freud, who needs an, who needs enemas? Um, that's why he likes Jung. Yeah, so he mispronounces Carl Jung's name, and they had a little conversation about that. doesn't really matter, uh, but it was clever in the sense that, hey, at least it, it makes sense as a Abbott and Costello-style... <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the bully then returns. I guess he didn't have enough of the of getting his ass beat before. Um, and uh, actually, what's happening? No, this is, is the, the Russian guy detective uh, from earlier. He he's actually going to see Andrew once again. But the bully comes in and hits the cop on the head with a baseball bat and decides. It makes that a great noise too. To torture Andrew. Yeah, it makes such a great noise too when it when it hits it doing crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Andrew's finally getting his comeuppance, uh, which is long fucking overdue. No kidding. And uh, and, and I think one of the uh, one of the most ridiculous dick related uh, incidences <laughs> happens in this scene where um, the the bully who again has no name. Um, sticks a firecracker inside of Andrew's uh, dick mm-hmm. hole and, of course, lights it and bang. Yep. And, in fact, the, the serial killer has lots of, of amusing lines, I think, in this scene uh, where he talks about... He, goes, he says... Because he actually thinks that Andrew is a serial killer, which he is. Uh, so he says that uh, torturing serial killers is thirsty work, which actually <clears throat> directs him to the jug of in, uh, incesticide. <laughs> that's on the floor um, <laughs> of moonshine. But he has one of my favorite lines immediately after that. I don't think we caught it, did we? Which is that I'm no. waiting for you to get used to the pain of your dick exploding before I cut off your balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost a little disappointing because, like, like, because the firecracker actually doesn't really do a whole lot of physical damage. No. Uh, you know, to to the dick. Um, it would have been real. I mean, I imagine there's some safety precaution, you know, some safety issues there that that they that they don't want to have that big of an explosion near someone's actual. Maybe dick. Mo, but, but I will um, say that as someone who has used firecrackers in a film before, uh, when you have one in your hand and you're using it, you just want to see something blow up. Sure, you, you could. I mean, they could have shot that in a way that you didn't see the body and it was just the dick. Sure, without without a doubt, there was a. Yeah, there's a million ways they could have done it. Um, you know, I kind of wish they had chosen one that there would have been more damage done to the penis because it would have been, you know, a little more, um, what's the term I'm thinking? Like cathartic. Sure. Particularly you know? so because I just, I had forgotten actually, Mo, until we were just talking about this, how fucking weird the rest of this movie is. Because <laughs> we're right, yeah, we're it takes a right on the end. In fact, the Andrews story is. Is is over is, right is now? It's over because what happens is that the bully drinks the insecticide and dies. Dies. Great. Got rid of the bully, and Andrew 
<laughs> so weird. Andrew, the detective who's unconscious on the floor, Andrew takes his gun, he goes to a random bar, and just starts shooting people. <laughs> well, do you remember why? Do you remember why? What? What? Do you remember what he said? What did he say? He said, uh, "If I if if I can't have an orgasm, I don't want to live in this world anymore." So so that's so his idea is that he's going to go commit mass murder and pro- you know attempt suicide by cop essentially. And yeah, so he ends up going to this bar and just starts shooting people. And there's uh, and there's one one guy in the bar who's just a patron really. Um, and he pulls out his gun and takes Andrew out. And then he gives us a lecture about gun laws. This really, really great. Yeah, like you and yeah, we still can't figure out if the guy's being serious or if it's. I mean, sarcasm. he's not being serious. I mean, obviously, he's not stopping the movie to say this is what the gun laws in this city should be. But what he basically states is that uh, if the if people were able to carry guns in public, then mass murderers wouldn't get the chance to shoot people first. Uh, yeah, but the problem is, is I can't tell if he's being sarcastic mm-hmm. in saying that or not. Yeah, it's hard to tell in a movie already this ridiculous. I mean, I don't even want to think about what the politics of this movie are. Um, it always confuses me when when a movie, with an extreme movie, a movie with really extreme content, um, mm-hmm. when when it has sort of conservative views in some ways because it, it seems to be yeah. at odds. But uh, but it could have been just a joke in this case that, that just doesn't... Who knows? Who knows? It, this, that's a really weird way to end that part of the story anyway. Yeah. But and Andrea and Anthony, uh, are, they're great. They're doing well because now Andrew's dead. <laughs> he was their friend, but who gives a fuck, I guess, at this point. But the, nah, the fuck it, problem is over. Yeah. Oh, did we ever explain... We, 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 we didn't explain <laughs> um, that uh, that Tony actually finds out... Like, like, Andrew realizes towards the end there that, like... He's not having any more activity, like with with the the the, the nest, right. you know. And we and we find out that army ants only stay in their nest for like two weeks. Right, that's exactly right. And the fact and that he hasn't had any uh, uh, motion in his uh, penis lately suggests that they're on their on their way to somewhere else, another location. They're getting ready to. That'll become important whatever, in just yeah. about two seconds when I tell you that now that Antria and Anthony are are free to live their lives, uh, they are now officially in a relationship and they're in bed together. Mm-hmm. And Andrea, uh, they s- cuddle and then Anthony goes down on her. For kind of an extended scene. The women deserve something out of this fucking movie. Sure, why not? I mean, well, that well, that was his whole point, is that he's like, oh, you've taught me so much about, you know, relationships. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you your happy ending first. Right. And so, yeah, so he goes down on her, and then, of course, she comes and comes and comes and doesn't notice that Tony is, like, not doing anything anymore, because when she brings her head up from her orgasmic pleasures, uh, there is just a skeleton between her legs. because her, the the ants, this isn't ant farm dick hole anymore, this is ant farm vagina hole. (laughs) It, the ants are now in her vagina, and that's what's happening now. Wow! Dun dun dun! And guess what? That's not the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd—I mean, you'd think that would be the part where the end would come up. No, no. Uh, first, first, there's a little clip of the uh, the entomologist from earlier 
who is apparently now being interviewed on the news, and she's doing a little stupid lecture about horse shit, and she tells a really dumb joke about Spider-Man. Really uh, fucking stupid really joke. Really stupid fucking joke. And that's in there for no reason, so that's just padding. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a scene of a, another naked woman, entirely naked. Oh, you know what? It's not It's not padding, though. It's not, because she... I mean, it's, it is padding. It but co- it's, connects but to it, the next little few It parts, connects right? to the next part in a stupid fucking way where she she sort of explains that um that it, you know that there can be interspecies breeding because it's all DNA blah right. blah blah. Uh, and that's important because the next scene is a naked woman uh who encounters a giant spider who shoots silly string at her. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it ties her up and uh, and rapes her. Rapes her, yeah. So she gets raped by a spider. So we have we have an extended spider rape scene. Yeah, it's probably the probably the longest spider rape scene I've ever seen. Third longest for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's just a little bit of unpleasantness, just in case we haven't had enough of that up to this point. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to a what is supposed to be a bully prevention class. Yeah. And I think the indication that we're supposed to get from that is that the person who's teaching the class has been telling the entire story of the movie. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a, a million podcast. and one reasons why it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. So they're kind of like explaining some of the plot points of the movie, you know, uh, uh, to the class, you know. And, um, and then one of the students says this brilliant line. Thanks, teacher, for helping me learn why it's so bad to beat up fags. Well, I mean, he's right. It is bad to beat up fags. But I mean, you say it in a movie, it makes it seem like you're not serious about that. Yeah, exactly. Especially in this movie. <laughs> I think it's just a kind of supposed to be a comedic throwaway line. I don't appreciate it. Uh, but um, yeah. I'm also, when it's already a movie that's so deep into bad taste, I suppose it's it's only fair that that everyone gets their their chance. And it's not like the movie targets people uh, of, of really It's not a homophobic movie. But, no. yeah. that said, this ending doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, yeah, it just, it's, I mean, really, the problem is, is it, it has less to do with, with how in good or poor taste the, the line is, and more on more the line uh, of the line, the fact that this entire scene of the film doesn't need to be in the fucking That's movie. That's exactly right, yeah. No, I yeah. Mean, it, it, it's just, it, we're just, here's what happens. The class ends, some people, uh, they're, uh, one of the characters, one of the students that were in the class, uh, ends up getting uh, beat up by another character, basically bullied, and we lo- yeah. and suddenly that character who has been beating this guy up gets covered in silly string, and we learn that that the guy who was getting beat up was actually a man spider. <laughs> Even says on the screen, thus Ew! begins the story of man spider. So dumb. So it's supposed it's supposed to connect Ew. it all together, even though the DNA idea of of uh, creatures cross mating uh, that doesn't play into the ant farm aspect really at all. No, it's really, maybe I don't know if he's planning on making this man spider movie, but at the very least, it's it it, it cheapens kind of the the goofiness of what had come before it. I think if it had ended with um, with Tony getting uh, killed by the uh, the the ant farm vagina hole that that would at least been like okay it all built up to that point i can see what they're doing here but all this stuff at the end yeah. it just feels like it's just stretching it and stretching it and it just you, you kind of just you, you lose interest out of exhaustion <laughs> it's stretching and stretching like <laughs> like andrew's penis hole yes 
That that's the analogy I was going for, Mo. There we go. Uh, and then we get, of course, uh, the title card, the end title card that says the rear end. The rear end, please. Yeah, I mean, I, I there wasn't. There's not much for for credits in this film. I mean, there's a couple of like like. You know, as as funny as the characters' names are supposed to be, um, actually, some of the real names are even funnier. Uh, like, there's somebody. One of the bullies' real name is is Z Man, um, and then one of the other ones is called Metal Dave. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure. You know what? I bet Bill Zabub is a really fun guy. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. He seems like he seems like the kind of guy who I'd like to spend twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, with. and I mean, I think he, there are parts where his character is really amusing. I just think that. He really, he has to temper what he finds amusing with what the audience is going to find amusing. Uh, exactly. And, and understanding that movies, if you want to be a prolific, low-budget filmmaker, you have to shoot quickly. You can't uh, spend uh, two years on every single low-budget production. And he's a guy who writes and directs and edits and does it all himself and acts, of course. Yeah. Th- that he deserves a lot of credit for that. But this movie, if you get the concept first of Ant Farm Dickhole, which is pretty brilliant because that is a title that catches people's attention, and it has sure. for lots of people. Whenever I mention it, I mean, we've basically been joking about it all day, um, yeah. that you could really take that and go crazy over the top, and that could be your kind of calling card movie because everyone's going to want to know what that's about, and you don't want them coming to it and saying, well, we didn't really get what we wanted out of that. Yeah, we got exactly. we got some naked women. We got some gore, sort of. It's just really blood thrown all over the place, uh, and we get a few scenes that really kind of, of of reach the potential of the concept. But mostly, we get a lot of people just spewing bullshit and a lot of random scenes that don't play into the plot. Exactly. So I was disappointed, I have to say, and I I, I didn't have yeah me massive too. expectations, but it just did not reach what I was hoping for. I didn't have much much for expectations at all. I mean, I just wanted a movie that featured a dick hole that had an ant farm in it. I mean, and I got what I what I came for, but I was still kind of disappointed in the end. Yeah, it, it just it just doesn't reach it. Uh, I think there are a certain number of people, particularly people who are listening to this show, uh, who would still appreciate it on the level of oh, it just has a bunch of goofy shit in it. Um, sure, I, it's only whenever it tries to. W- Sometimes it, it, see, it, it, it sometimes it seems like the movie thinks it's more clever than it actually is, and that's exactly. when it, has, it runs into trouble. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a shame, because you can see that it just needed a little bit more polish, a little bit more time, and it really could have reached what it wanted to be. Well put. I wish it had a theme song, too, that went, And farm dick hole! We'll work with Todd Sheets and see if we can get one of those written. Maybe we can do an Ant Farm Dick Hole Director's Cut, maybe in a few years? Sure. Featuring the music of Anoki and mm. Key. They deserve a comeback. And, uh, and I think actually Todd sure. should get along. Uh, I'm sure he probably knows who Bill's above is. Sure. So, Mo. Yes? What do you think about Ant Farm Dickhole? What do I think yeah. of it? Meh. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it, it really left... It really, you know, I mean... Did that Ant Farm Dickhole leave a bad taste in your mouth? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was trying to avoid saying that. Um, I think my I think my biggest problem with with Ant Farm Dickhole um, is that uh, you know it just if it wasn't so irritatingly annoying, like I would have enjoyed it right. a lot more. Just fact. Yeah. 
No, that, that, it, it's know? an irritating movie. It is intentionally confrontational, but the problem with it isn't its confrontationalness. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a problem with with the with it being confrontational. Yeah. I mean, I really, I actually really enjoy you know that sort of cinema where it like really gets in your face and like you know. But I mean, but but it, it kind of has to be saying something. Yeah, we're not. This isn't so, trying so, to make you face harsh realities. This is exactly. a movie that's getting as much mileage as it can out of an ant farm being in a dick hole. And when it imp- it's really just a premise. Yeah, and and. They do some things with that premise, like like we said that that scene with the uh, banana being brought into the dick. To me, that Genius. is that's the, the the closest it came to a realization of what the potential of the concept is. And I know that's a, kind of funny to hear when we're talking about something like an ant farm dick hole. But you yeah. know, there there is a nest of ants living in this guy's body. What is going to happen with that? But instead, it it mostly just kind of devolves into a couple of murder scenes and. Then it's just you know, dick trauma. And how do you ruin dick jokes? The, I I don't know. You how know, to ruin I that mean, Spider-Man joke at the end. Oh, it's supposed to intentionally be not funny, so I guess it's okay. But it it really it uh, it bummed me out, man. But the problem is the problem is, is that if you're going to have something be intentionally not funny, then you need to have something else about that scene be funny to kind of offset like like something it has to be at least unintentionally funny and i think it was one of those scenes that you know and and you kind of already said this already but it was one of those scenes where they're they're kind of riffing on set you know and they had a really good time while they were filming it so they decided to toss it in but the problem is is that it's essentially an in joke that like that most of the listen the viewing audience isn't gonna know or give two shits about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it you watch people have fun. Sometimes it's fun, but other times it makes you feel like you are not you are you you're you're getting people hanging out and joking around as opposed to them trying to make a movie. Exactly. Mo, what movie should we watch next? Oh, I totally forgot the. Oh, name. I didn't. I have um, it up there in front of me. Yeah, why don't, yeah. Why don't I tell it? Do We've it. already decided on it. Yeah, we're not going to decide here we on did, the episode. We did because I, I, I was, I was searching, I was searching around the net for uh, for films we could do, and I and I just and I ran across this one, and the fact that I can't remember the title is actually making me kind of pissed because um, it has such a fucking awesome title. Yeah, this is this uh, recently. I think this is where it came from. By the way, Mo, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Recently, you might have heard that uh, Troma have uh, put 150 of their films on YouTube to watch for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is uh, that's absolutely where this comes. And from. Uh, the film in question is one that I haven't seen, uh, and actually I haven't even seen a trailer for it at this point. But I'm very excited about. It. It's called Rock and Roll Space Patrol. Uh, action is go. What an awesome title! Rock and Roll Space Patrol. Action is go. And uh, I know nothing about it except that it's from 2005, uh, and it's directed by a gentleman named Jim Baltas. And I, I and it cost three thousand dollars to make. This one apparently, I believe, cost six thousand dollars. That would be Ant Farm Dickhole. Yeah, and um, and if we want to put perspective on it, uh, Vampire Hunter cost five thousand. Right, but that was 1990 so. something. Yeah, so maybe so maybe that would have been like seven thousand now. <laughs> Look, if Bill Zabub was making airbrushed erotic art. <laughs> Then maybe he could have raised a little more money and uh, put it into the ant farm dickle, or at least the dick itself. <laughs> he could have used a little more money put into it. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- th- uh, I just don't get it. Like, why didn't they just go to like a porn shop and buy a fucking dildo and drill a hole in there? I'm going to guess that, and this is a, entirely just a guess. 
one of the necessities of what they needed to do was to have uh, the hole be big enough for the ants to be able to crawl out of it. So they probably had something that might have been a little more realistic, and then they had to make the hole bigger. And as they stretched mm. the hole, it actually deformed it in a way that made it look not like a penis at all. Yeah. Just my theory, I Bill? Like a- please correct me if I'm wrong. I often am. Yeah, I mean, you know, I... I wanted a, I wanted I a real penis, is what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to see real ants coming out of a real dick. Yeah, that's it. I, I, in my heart of hearts, if I have to be honest with everybody, and if I'm going to really speak, you know, deep down, which I should since I'm <laughs> on a podcast, what I really wanted to do was see a guy ejaculate ants, like just have him spray <laughs> out. Uh, in a big like I didn't care I wouldn't care if it looked shitty if it was just done with like some really lame computer effects or or even if they just yeah. had like a bunch of toy ants and they just kind of sprayed them all out at once I just really wanted to see that but I didn't really get that how how amazing would that first scene of the film be is if she had pulled her face back and and she got a fucking full on facial of just fucking ants yeah instead of just a single ant yeah, instead of two ants in her mouth. Like, that would have been amazing if she had just covered, just been covered her entire face. Because it would have been a great sex joke, it would have been a funny dick joke, and it would have been a funny ant joke, too. It would have worked on so many That's levels. That's it. <laughs> I'm remaking Ant Farm Dick Hole. That's in it. my mind, this movie is five stars. Uh, Mo. <laughs> Yes. That's all I'm going to talk about, Ant Dick Hole. I, I yeah, still have to write up a fucking article about it, and I'm dreading it. <laughs> um, tell me. If anyone could possibly, and I can't even imagine after this episode, if they wanted to talk to us, maybe leave a comment about what their thoughts are themselves on Ant Farm Dickhole, maybe if uh, someone involved with the film wants to talk to us, how would they best get in contact with us? Well, the best way would be, uh, well, let's see, they can contact us through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's facebook.com slash nobudgetnightmares, no A lot, no lot of new people joining on the Facebook uh, today. Yeah. Excited about Ant Farm Dickhole. <laughs> we got the word yeah. out because of Ant. We Farm got the dick, dick hole out. We got the dick word out. <laughs> oh man, are they going to be disappointed yeah, when they hear I, this? Boy, uh, <laughs> I'm really, I apologize. Uh, they could contact either of us on Twitter. I am at drunk on VHS. I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y E Y. Um, let's see if they wanted to email us they could do that Uh, they could send an email to nobudgetnightmares at Mm dailygrindhouse.com or if they wanted to be one of the cool kids they could send an email to uh, nobudgetnightmaresdg as in dailygrindhouse at gmail.com let me repeat that Mm -hmm. one more time it's nobudgetnightmares uh, one word dg as in in dailygrindhouse as in duck goose uh, at <laughs> gmail.com. And, and please do, uh, if you do email us, maybe we'll say your name on the air, or maybe we uh, just will forget that anyone ever emailed us. We apologize if that happens. But we read everyone, and we love people who listen to the show. Uh, particularly, in fact, I'm going to put a little extra love out there because I feel like we had a bit of a shaky start this time. I blame the movie, by the way. Uh huh. I, I do too. I mean, the, the like, you know, I only, I only finished the movie about. You know, five minutes before we actually started recording, and I was in such a fucking pissy mood from the movie that, you know, I mean, this movie really, by the time we were done, it was it had me in a fucking bad mood. But we did get an email this oh, week. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah. We're not going to talk about that email. 
No, 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 not that oh, email. Okay. Yeah, not, yeah, not not our usual weirdo. We're, we're, we're cryptic a lot on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, remember um, he goes by the name of at Jurassic Griffin. Oh, right, of course. Uh, sent, sent us an email, and I'll, I'll read it out loud. It, it is pretty is funny, that his real although name, it is kind of no. I don't know if he wants to give out his real name or okay. not. So just Jurassic. So I'm, Griffin, so I'm, I mean, for him on yeah. Just, well, in fact, maybe yeah, I'll look. Exactly. Let's hear what he had to say. All right, so I'm going to read it out. It is very harsh on me, but I, you know, but it is, you know, kind of joking. Uh, so let's see here. This message comes from the uh, unappreciated regarding Doug Society or turds. Uh, this is, of course, pertaining to how underappreciated Doug is when it comes to No Budget Nightmares podcast. As you may know, Mo is in control of the podcast. He basically puts it together. A lot of the time, he chooses the movies, uh, which is not true. Doug chooses the fucking movies most of the time. Um, <laughs> Mo also pushes Doug down. Uh, he oppresses Doug. He makes Doug his what? bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mo has been known to make Doug squeal like nah. a pig. Uh, or was that Doug's wife who made Doug squeal <laughs> like a pig? Ah, uh, who knows? Uh, Doug squealed like a pig. <laughs> uh, Mo and Doug's Mo and Doug's wife caused this to happen. He, um, she's not the wife of both of us. <laughs> I don't know, man. You'd you'd you'd, you'd wonder yeah. sometimes. Uh, let's see here. We can feel Doug's pain. We are on Doug's side. Doug need not he man. I love how he starts every sentence. You know, uh, Doug need not fear anymore. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> I feel like I'm reading this in like as you in third person. Uh, Doug will no longer be on the mm-hmm. bottom. Uh, Mo will no longer be the pitcher. Oh. Doug is going to make Mo catch from now on. <gasps> now it sounds like a caveman. Um, do you hear me, Mo? You do you hear me? With like six exclamation points. Uh, don't underappreciate Doug any longer, Mo. You may run the show, but without Doug, no budget nightmares would be nothing. Nothing. Let Doug breathe. Uh, he does not deserve to be so underutilized. Doug picks the greatest movies that you guys have talked about. Without Doug, there wouldn't be such a such. There wouldn't have been a suburban Sasquatch episode. That, that one's is true. true. Uh, uh, Doug does a lot for you. With uh, why not return the favor? Give him a blowjob or at least a handy. Uh, it's what he deserves. Thank you for reading through all of this. It might be a bore, but it's it is important information. Turds. P.S. Uh, we are in no way affiliated with preventing uh, <laughs> preventing oppression of people. See, that's very funny because that's oh. poop. Oh, well, I see. Uh, okay, so yeah. thank you, Jurassic Griffin. I guess we have a viewer feedback section now uh, on the uh, podcast. <laughs> Officially. I as a little uh, editorial response to what you just said, I don't feel underappreciated here on Nobody's Nightmares. <laughs> if anything, I feel like sometimes uh, I'm a guiding hand in a way that uh, isn't necessarily uh, supportive of Mo and what he's trying to say. I also want to point to, to anyone who's listening to the fact that Mo actually does all post-production work on the podcast. I am but a voice that is crafted by his uh, giant uh, hairy hand. And, uh, you know, there would be no No Budget Nightmares without Mo. In fact, there would be no me without Mo. He pulls the strings. He is the puppet master. <laughs> I am uh, Pull the string! Player. Pull the uh, string! And, and I will fall... If my strings are cut, which he could do at any moment now. <laughs> never. Never in a million years. But you're right. I do pick a lot of the movies, and uh, particularly some of the worst ones are entirely my responsibility. Look, look. We're, we're at the point now, I and mean, we're 22 episodes in. You know, both of us have picked quality. Both of us have picked shit. So... 
You know, let's just leave. We it should at mention, that. by the way, that often we just pick randomly. Like we we hear a title or we see it on the list of one of the box sets or something like that, and we say, okay, let's do that. So we don't go into exactly. any research at all. We then have to do the research afterwards, and we do have to look up uh, what's going on with the movie. So mostly, uh, we come at them entirely blind. I think there have been two. There have been two movies that were specifically chosen um, with previous knowledge, well, three, really, uh, because we were at the point where we really felt like we needed a mm-hmm. pick-me-up, um, and I think those were uh, Las Vegas Bloodbath, um, Suburban Sasquatch, and uh, Zombie Rampage. Right. And, and I guess, in all reality, Hip Hop Locos was like that for me as well, uh, because it was the first one, and it, was, it had been one that I had seen beforehand, so I knew that it was going to be a good one to start with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, we, you know, yeah, we obviously, we wanted to put our best foot forward for the first episode, so, we, like, we, you know, well, I should I should really give you credit for the first one, but, um, uh, you know, because it was your idea to want to talk about hip hop locos, but it, but in all fairness, it was my idea to make it a to make it a podcast. That's more important to the whole thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I would have just been talking about it in my apartment, and then no one would have been able to enjoy it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know if I, if I remember back. I think the original idea was that it was going to be a written thing, and that you were gonna um, you were gonna send us all emails, and we were gonna respond back, and it was gonna be a bunch of us. But then, then we're like, ah, why, why? and I, I kind of, I kind of piped up. I'm like, well, why don't we just record it? And then, of course, the only two people who could actually record were me and you. So that's how, that's pretty much how the show became. We're pulling this. back the curtains, everyone. You can see the evolution yeah. of the show from the beginning. Uh, Mo, have you seen any? Good yeah, movies it was supposed lately? to be a whole bunch of us. Um, you know, I watch movies mm, a lot. You do. <laughs> um, let's see if I've seen anything particularly good. Yeah, I watched a documentary about banjo. Oh, the it's other on day. the one on Netflix. Yeah, give me the banjo. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Steve Martin is in that, is it? Steve Martin narrates it. Yeah, I guess he's kind of considered Hollywood's cultural attaché to the banjo. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, you know, but but I had a lot more. I, I actually found the bits about Pete Seeger a lot more interesting. Sure. Uh, he's a real fascinating cat, and I and I'm a big fan of his music. If, like even back when I was like in, full on in my like punk rock days, I still was a big Pete Seeger fan. So it was kind of cool to to see them talk about him. Weeks ago, Mo, one of the episodes a while back, I talked about a documentary on Phil Oaks, and uh, Pete Seeger has a uh, a large interview section in that because obviously that's awesome, very close. So if if you have any interest in that, uh, I keep meaning to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I keep meaning to watch that. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see, did I watch anything else? I watched that. Oh, I watched a documentary about uh, street performers called Buskers, mm-hmm. uh, which was really good. And uh, and lastly, I will mention I watched um, the really incredible documentary uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yes, I saw that in uh, actually I saw that in theater uh, nice. earlier this year, and I, I very much enjoyed it as well. Very much a document of someone's obsession in this case. Mm. Really well made. Um, you know, I, I've always kind of thought that one of the biggest uh, disappointments in my life was the fact that that, that there's not that I don't really have anything in my life that I care so much about that I'm willing to kind of destroy everything else in my life to to keep going. You know? Sorry, did you say that you were disappointed that you didn't have that in your life? Yeah, yeah, because it seems like you know, like I, you know, I mean, I know obviously there there's the whole thing of of like neglecting your kids and stuff like that. And I would never, never do that. But, uh, but I mean, just the idea that like here, here you have a guy who's, who's so obsessive with being 
you know, this master sushi sh- sush- sushi chef. God, that's a hard phrase to say. You know that I mean that he kind of ignored everything else in his life and and just and just worked on that and you know and I mean but now his kids work with him so he's kind of like you know he's making up for it now. It's uh, you know if so if, to speak. If, it really does take. I think you get a better appreciation if you're someone who likes sushi already and uh, yeah. and cares about the preparation and the artistry involved with that. And the slow motion uh, shots of him actually making the sushi are pretty amazing. But yeah, I think that that what you have, what you really take away from it is this is a man who has sacrificed his entire existence in order to be this expert at sushi, the greatest exactly. sushi uh, chef in the world. Uh, I mean debatable but you know that that's what his reputation is and whether well, he's the he's, he's the only you know he's the only holder of a of three michelin stars exactly. I mean, and and so. this is a case where he's considered the best and what does that cost him as an individual and that's exactly. something that you see again and again with people who have these obsessions in their lives and what it has done to their personal life one of the most amazing thing about that documentary is that you never see his wife he's married yeah. he has children <laughs> but you never see her they never even encounter her in any way uh, yeah. And that says a lot, I think, about how his relationships are with the people around him. Exactly. Mm. What about you? Me? Mo? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to keep this really short. I uh, I recently watched Detention, um, which uh, just came out – I think it just came out this year. I think it was um, – maybe had some screenings last year. That's the Joseph mm-hmm. Kahn film. Uh, and it is really oh, okay. weird. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really enjoy it that much, to be totally honest with you. It, uh, I, th- th- a movie that it's compared to a lot is Scott Pilgrim because of the use of kind of that flexible reality, a lot of effects work, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of um, pop culture references and that sort of thing. But it, it, it's a very hollow, very emotionless film in a lot of ways. The characters don't really come together. However... I still think that people who, who, if that sounds interesting to you at all, if you really love Scott Pilgrim in particular, that you should check it out because uh, it, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention yet, but it is certainly amazing looking, and it has so much going on in it, and it's so fucking weird. I mean, there's some really strange stuff that happens in there, and it's got a horror movie slant to it as well, uh, if, if that's what your your uh, thing is. But uh, but overall, I have to say, I, I just didn't like it. Um, and that's and that's I, the one I with. That's the one with uh, Josh Hutcherson and Dane Cook, right? That's exactly right. And okay. I will say that uh, that you might think, I'm guessing the people listening to this, when you hear Dane Cook, you're, you have a particular feeling one way or the other. I can say that whatever problems this movie has have nothing to do with Dane Cook. Uh, probably have a little bit more to do with, with, uh, with Joseph Kahn and, and what he's into. Um, mm. But again, some people have responded really positively to it. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah, I, I kind of learned after I watched uh, Dan in real life to kind of take Dane Cook with a grain of salt because, like, you know, like as much as I hate his comedy, you know, I mean, he's still a kind of a shitty actor, but he has those moments. I kind of don't like his face. <laughs> no, I hate his face. I hate his face with a I have trouble getting past that. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, like and I face. really fucking so hate that super finger. Enjoy his performances. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just a douche. He looks like you know, an I, asshole, and in this movie he plays one, so I guess it works. Yeah, so there you go. So detention, that's what I saw. Uh, Mo, have you been on any other podcasts lately, or any other announcements you should make? Me? No, I don't think so, but I would sure love to be. I mean... You've been on the Drunk on... Um, of course, you have your Drunk on VHS I mean, yeah, podcast. I mean, I've been doing I've been doing Drunk on VHS, which, uh, which started back up 
uh, several weeks ago on uh, on couchcutter.com. The show's been doing pretty pretty well on there. I mean, I'm pretty happy with uh, with you know with the episodes I've done so far. Um, yeah, I don't think I think I failed to mention it <laughs> last last time when we when we did a show. So I mean, yeah. Uh, so I think we're about. I think this is my fourth week. Um. Yeah, and I'm 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 gearing up for uh, for my Halloween, you know, my my big uh, October of horror uh, episode. So if anybody out there is uh, you know related to any kind of horror entity, uh, whether or not they're promoting a horror film or whatever, and and would like to be on the show, you know, get in touch with me, drunk on VHS at gmail dot com. We'll have you on. Sounds good. Uh, or horror podcast. Uh, I should mention as well that in the next couple of weeks I'm going to be attending the Toronto International Film Festival just for a few Ooh. days at the end, hoping to see some uh, cult or horror style movies there. Uh, I have tickets to see uh, John Dies at the End and the ABCs yeah. of Horror and, and a few other films as uh, as well. Wait, it's the ABCs of Death, isn't it? Sorry. ABCs of Death, yeah. Um, and uh, all my write-ups on that will be appearing over at dailygrindhouse.com. Um, and I'll be on some podcasts upcoming. I'm on, I'm on the Mike and Ike's Ass Jam. You know Mike and Ike as the folks who uh, created our theme songs, uh, and they are, of course, awesome, and I'll be uh, popping up on that in the next couple of days. Wait, but Doug, you mean that, these? Well, that's all. Doug, you mean this one? He's Doug Tilly, number one super guy. Bow, bow. We actually discussed the themes a little bit on uh, the appearance. I'm actually looking forward to listening back to see if I said anything particularly off-color. If I did... Hey, you have our email address or our various ways of contacting us. <laughs> Please do so. Do it. <laughs> you got to respond, Mo. <laughs> I said do it. Hello? Hello? You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I said do it. Oh, sorry. Sometimes when I speak to you, Mo, uh, especially recently, while I talk, your part goes silent for a second, and I can't tell if you're talking or not. Like right now. See that part? I wasn't talking. Obviously, I was being a dick. <laughs> oh God! We're gonna please slice off some of this. I'll cut out some of the awkward silence. Okay, I appreciate that. That's all I have to say about everything in the entire world, right. particularly about Ant Farm Dickhole. Awesome. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's kill this episode. Then we're let's done. Burn this mother down. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Excuse me. All right, Jesus, calm down a bit. I'm sorry. It's all right. Listen. Oh, right, calm down. Come on. Come on. Shut up. You shut up. Okay, right. Let's start again. I want to tell you about a podcast. Okay. It's called Wafu FM, and it's the resident podcast of a blog, also called Wafu. What the hell does that mean? Wafu. That's not important. Why? Because it's not. Okay. The show is packed full of movie discussions, news, reviews, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, would you like to come over to the blog and maybe check it out? Yes. Yes, I would. Lovely. You can find the show at Wafu One. That's W A F U. The number one. Dot wordpress.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wafu blog. Okay? Okay. Excellent. Okay. Shut up. I'm sorry. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is D. And this is CJ. We are two of the three black geeks. The other black geek is in Japan right now. That just shows you how geeky we are. We can do it across the globe. Yes. So, for anybody that want to hear just straight up anime, video games, black movies, yeah, white that, movies, every white movie, movies, every movie, all that stuff. All that stuff. Because, of course, 
everybody's gonna say, hey, won't you guys do Meteor Man? Hey, won't you guys do that one movie that I really, really effing hate? How about you guys do Steel? Yeah, because a black person was in that. <laughs> yeah, you come to us for that. So, us, me, CJ, and our boy DJ Sue across the water, we are the three black geeks. So, coming to your podcast. I know, you know that. That's that's just real right there. Get us on you can hear us on Podomatic. You can also go to our website on genxcast.com. And if, if you're only really feeling Randy, you can go to our YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash three black geeks, and you can watch our videos of everything, whether it be DJ Chu's crazy adventures in Japan or some of our adventures playing video games or just randomizing it. And if you really want to get off to us and jack off, just go to our Facebook page. Look it up, Three Black Geeks, it's right there. Can't miss it. Enjoy. Hi, I'm John Waters. Hi, this is Dolph Lundgren. Hi, I'm Lance Henriksen. Hi, this is Keith Gordon. Robert Kuhn. Miguel Ferrer. Nancy Allen. Robert Davi. Richard Elfman. Ileana Douglas. Patrick Warburton. Dwing Hauser. Cliff DeYoung. Steve Railbet. Mr. T. William Cass. If you haven't been listening to the Projection Booth podcast, you're missing out. Each week, the Projection Booth brings you in-depth discussions of some of the most interesting movies ever made. I'm Mike White. No, the other one. I'm the guy who wrote the film fanzine Cashiers to Cinemart since 1994. Since early 2011, I've been co-hosting the Projection Booth podcast. Try us, won't you? I never try anything. I just do it. Visit the Projection Booth at projection-booth.com. podcast you're currently listening to is part of the second unit podcast network find all of our shows at 2upn.blogspot.com or on our facebook under the second unit podcast network our fantastic list of shows include drunk on vhs we came from the basement the after movie diner something weird this way comes with rue and mo no budget nightmares and doctor action and the kick-ass kid commentaries The Second Unit Podcast Network, bringing you the action, leaving the boring stuff to the other guys. Oh my god, there's been a blue diamond Phillips pile up on the highways!